Long ago, in a galaxy far, far away, the Star Wars saga began. And Kenner continues the excitement. Star Wars figures. The Empire Strikes Back turns the Jedi. Welcome to the Star Wars Collector's Archive Podcast. It's the Cast. Newest news on the oldest toys. From bubble bath to belt buckles. From 12 packs to 2 packs. New boss, alien bounty hunter. From the, from the, from the, from the, from the Star Wars collection. We bring the world of vintage Star Wars memorabilia alive with informative features and personal collecting stories. Offer expires December 31st, 1979. An R2D2 with Stethoscope. The Supreme Master, the Emperor. Brought to you by the Star Wars Collector's Archive. The SWCA.com. With your hosts, Sky Payne. Steven Chewbacca. 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 And Steven B. Deadly. Love reigns supreme over the Kivecast when Sky and Steve host a roundtable of Rebel Commando connoisseurs with Chris Botkins, Stephen Ward, and Chris Letty. We cover it all, mock-ups, blueprints, presto magics, mini-rigs, and much more with the Rebel Commando. For the first time in years, we go truly deep to understand what makes a focus collector concentrate on one character and why. Ron Ron Salvatore joins us as well to talk about the devastating Rebel Commando Acetate Sculpt and defines what a plaster cast is. All of this, plus many extended heartwarming meditations on the meaning of our hobby in this month's Vintage Pod. Let me just get out of uh, radio voice here to say that this episode is dedicated to Bob Martinazzi. Wampa Wampa. Welcome to Kivecast 88. 88. Oh, Steve, we aren't doing 8D8 today. <laughs> no, but man, I bet. No, I was going to say, I wonder if, if we had been on schedule, would there have been any chance? But no, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. And, and no. who knows? We're, we're going to finally get back on track. I, I realized uh, it's probably been over a year that every episode has been one where we've come on saying, this isn't a normal episode. Yeah, that's probably right. <laughs> so I think it's safe to say that a normal episode now is an abnormal episode. Um, yeah. So this is going to be a normal episode, which means it will not be like our usual episodes. <laughs> yes. So we actually have a figure of the month, and we're going to really be focusing on it. Who is it, Steve? It's the Rebel Commando, which I just have to state right at the beginning that it's just like one of my favorite figures, so I'm probably going to be going a little nuts this time. <laughs> yes, yeah. You, usually, Steve, we sort of split up the, the show prep. Um, but Steve just sent me this outline, and he's all, you know, giggity, giggity about the Rebel Commando. <laughs> um, so what, what what is it that you like about the Rebel Commando, Steve? I, I really don't know. I mean, I, I think it's probably something along the lines of, of the same thing with the Beaming Pilot, just the kind of boring Rebel guy that, that I happen to have a couple of when I was a kid. So I think it's just that connection. And um, I don't know. And it's it's funny. I think we'll get into it with the nugget. But um, I believe they were both sculpted by the same person too, which makes a lot of sense. Um, they do have the same sort of boring white guy face. They do. Yeah. <laughs> it could be the same guy for all we know. Um, yeah. Yeah. You could be. You know, we actually haven't talked about that. Okay, so we, we know that a lot of uh, important people listen to our podcast. Um, 
Actually, we don't. Most important no. people don't listen to our podcast statistically. Yeah. Um, but were there models for vintage figures? Like were there Mod- like, face like models? Yeah. Huh. Because this is going to get into into my movie thought, Steve. We haven't okay. done a movie thought for years been, and years. It's been a while. Yeah. Um, you're not going to like my movie thought. Uh oh. <laughs> But, I mean, for a lot of the figures, it doesn't seem like they're basing them on any particular character from the movie. Right, yeah. So maybe the B-Wing pilot and the Rebel Commando are the same person, and it's just (laughs) some dude who worked at Kenner. Right, yeah. (laughs) I can see that being the case, strangely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but believe it or not, we we have a couple. We have several different themes going uh, in this in this episode. We should announce that up front. We we have the Rebel yeah. Commando, right? Um, and then we also, Steve. I don't know. I try not to do topical episodes that have to do with the time of year. Yeah, we did a, a Halloween one. We did. Um, yeah. Oh, by the way, whoever won the mask never contacted me, so we're just gonna keep. Oh. That, we're just gonna keep that mask. And I'm gonna put it. I don't know, ten dollar bill in it, and then we'll raffle it off next year. Um, we'll keep building it until someone claims it. Um, but it is Valentine's Day month, and, right? Uh, yeah. I don't really care for Valentine's Day. I've every woman I've ever dated tells me that she doesn't care about Valentine's Day. Um, yeah, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat with with you on that one too. Um, yeah. So there are much better reasons to have this episode be an episode of of love, uh, but we'll yeah. we'll get to yeah. that when we get to the the love section. Sure, that sounds <laughs> gross, man. <laughs> uh, hey, you want to want to hear something weird about a uh, Korea? Uh, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> so in in Korea, there's like a lot of motels that are just for sleazy one night stands, mm-hmm. um, and they're called love hotels. Okay. I think it's funny. <laughs> um, it's it's good to know these things to avoid them. We accidentally stayed in a love hotel once, and it was like, oh, just don't touch anything. Ugh. <laughs> Life lessons. This is good. It's yes. good to get this stuff out out in the open right off the bat. Oh yes, and when you're in France, if you see a bar that says American bar, don't go in there thinking there's going to be a bunch of Americans. That just means it's a prostitution ring. <laughs> so, if you want to find Americans in Europe, go to Irish bars. Hey, this is becoming a, a, a sky travel podcast. <laughs> As opposed to Rick Steve, it'll be Sky Steve. Um, right. <laughs> the, the most interesting. Okay, sorry. Oh, all right. Hold on. <laughs> okay, we get we get, first we got to reset, but that was yeah. probably my best. That's the best joke of the episode. So right. <laughs> if you didn't think that was funny, uh, hold on to your butts. Um, but my my movie thought is also a thought about the card back, and it's also a figure. I thought about the figure. All right. Okay. Okay. The Rebel Commando, in theory, Return of the Jedi, a movie about this great big battle that happens on Endor. Mm-hmm. Why couldn't they get an actual good photograph of a Rebel Commando for the card back? <laughs> yeah. The, the, the card I, back art, if you haven't seen it or if you need a refresher, okay? Yeah. It's this super blurry image of somebody it's completely washed out through airbrushing it's all in like drab brown ground with a drab brown shirt with a slightly green hat up against a drab brown bunker it's like completely <laughs> nondescript it doesn't make you want to buy the figure at all 
Yeah, I'll say I have to agree. It doesn't do a great job of of selling him so much. Um, and I I realized I watched the scenes again. The rebel yeah. commando himself in the movie is so underwhelming. I mean, <laughs> they, they they hardly appear at all. They yeah. don't do anything. They have no success against the empire. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm starting to think: Are they intentionally lame to make the Ewok the Ewoks seem cooler? Yeah, I think I think you're getting at something there, and I, I I had a it wasn't really movie thought per se, but I think one of my kind of as a as an adult I guess watching Return of the Jedi is like I always did wish that you really could see a bit more of them because in Empire like the Rebel soldiers were were pretty great. I mean they were awesome. Yes, um, and you kind of expected that to uh, to kind of carry on with this, and um, I don't know. That might be a good segue for a for a script flip if if you're if you're game. Yes, I I think okay. so. Um, okay. But I just, I just, um, I'm just going to harp on this one more second. Yeah, yeah. If you take the Rebel Soldier as an example, his card sure. back art is beautiful. It's clear. It's yeah. defined. Right. And whereas the Rebel Commando is closer to like the Black Bespin Guard, where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, we need to f- just keep airbrushing until we have something. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, oh, you know what? Actually. On the card back, I, this is something I'd I'd thought about maybe for later, but it makes maybe makes sense to bring it up now. But um, I don't know if you've ever really looked at the tri logo version of the yes. card back. Okay, so does that okay to describe it? I guess they they really try and they, they give it a little bit more airbrushing, <laughs> uh, but they try and make it look at least a little bit more like the action figure that they're selling, and it's got that more kind of vibrant green color, which I think is pretty great. I'll, I'll say that I think the photograph isn't great but i almost kind of like that it looks just like a, a comic book character almost it doesn't even look like a real person if that makes sense yes no it's it's beautiful yeah. because they took the drab brown and they made it hyper yeah. hyper green right um, yeah it yeah. actually looks a little bit more like a gi joe character sure yeah um, i could see that which yeah. i think might be another thing about this character that that happens a lot i think is a lot of people associate it with gi joe and it, it yeah. kind of looks like a gi joe guy and he has a cool gun and a backpack mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I could see that. I mean, obviously, yeah. it's cooler than any GI Joe figure. I'm, I'm not saying it's <laughs> yes. that lame. <laughs> I mean, um, that's just, you don't need to. Yeah, it goes without saying. <laughs> uh, but now that I've ruined your uh, your your segue into the flip the script, no, no, no. Steve, it's okay. How about We're you flip? Gonna... This, how about you flip the script on us? And I play a really stupid drop that goes like this. It's getting really, really hot in here. Flip the script. Flip the script. Okay, so in this, you know this kind of complaint about the rebel commandos really not doing anything in, in the actual movie, uh, it becomes even, you know, a crazier point when you think that the concept and term rebel commando, it was present from the earliest stages of the script for return of the Jedi. So, uh, in George's first draft that he did in, I think February of 81, this is the opening crawl. Okay. All right, here we go. The rebellion is doomed. Spies loyal to the old Republic have sent word of two new armored space stations under construction. A desperate plan to destroy the dreaded Death Stars and end the tyranny of the Empire has been put into effect. A group of commandos led by Princess Leia has made its its way into the very heart of the Galactic Empire to land on a moon orbiting the dreaded Imperial capital of Had Abaddon. Which, that just sounds awesome. Yeah. It really kind of implants. It makes. It gives them so much more importance than they ever actually really have, um, which is just crazy to me. And and in the revised draft of that, he, they actually are straight up called Rebel Commandos. So that that term is there from way way early, um, 
which is just crazy. Like they just they're so insignificant in the end, really. Yeah, that that that, that Leia was going to be leading them, and they're going to be so important. Yeah, and, and yeah, yeah. Really, I think it was the Ewoks that just completely supplanted them. Yeah, and some, something happened there, um, and became the the focus. I didn't even yeah. know they were supposed. So, Steve, I don't know if I'm going to go to the effort of going back. So, I'll just make the joke now. I didn't know there was ever supposed to be two uh, Death Stars in Return of the Jedi. Um, so I just I, I just want to put in a clip from episode one. Now there are two of them? This is getting out of hand. Now there are two of them. Oh, God. Yeah, you see, it wasn't yeah. worth it. I, to- I told you that that joke about Rick Steves was was the best joke. See, that's the... it's all downhill from there. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's crazy. There was even like a central... Rebel Commando character that was named in the early drafts. His name was Captain Jode. Captain he's Jode? Like... <laughs> Jode with a J. <laughs> C-H-O-A-D? <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, anyway. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, this... Captain Jode. First of all, there's yes. like Captain Toad is in is in Super Mario. Like, isn't yeah. Tom Jode a Bruce Springsteen song and a, a, a folk hero? <laughs> No, Probably. Grapes of Wrath. <laughs> Tom yeah, Jones is from, maybe that's what is from Grapes for, of yeah. Wrath. Yeah, so now now just picture him as a rebel commando who is working side by side with Leia to set up... This is what their plan was, okay? They have to set up ion cannons to take out the Empire's communication network and shield generator. So they had this like really badass mission that they're doing that was a big part of Return of the Jedi originally that just didn't really work out that way, which... I mean, I love Return of the Jedi, and I, I always have, but I the more I kind of look into these things, I'm like, man, that would have been, just imagining that as an alternate reality would have just been pretty sweet. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, I mean, anything that would have taken away the Ewoks is no good, so I'm I'm really happy that... <laughs> no, no, yeah, the Ewoks were definitely <laughs> still in there, and but I, just the whole, like, thing with Leia leading them, too, just on her own, like, like she didn't care at all about Han, <laughs> she just went and did this instead. Yeah, you're uh, right, That that's, yeah. that's interesting, Steve. Well, yeah. I've I've been doing a little bit of work on on commandos. Okay. <laughs> um, I beca- I realized I didn't actually understand the etymology of commandos. I'll just kind of this is a little bit of history for you guys, okay. if you, in case you don't care. Um, I happen to love etymology. It's one of my favorite things in the whole world. Uh, the origin of words. Do you know where commando comes from? I have no idea. Okay, it comes from South Africa, hmm. and it's the name of like. Uh, it comes from this Afrikaans, which is the language spoken by the white settlers in South Africa who were descendant from Dutch. So it's very similar right. to Dutch. Right. And it, like, it's connected to the word command, but a commando was actually like a whole group. It was like a regiment. Okay. It was originally the name of the regiments that were used to like seize property from the natives. Huh. And then later in something called the Boer War, which Churchill took part in, uh, England tried to like pacify the South Africans. There's kind of a complicated story there, um, and they called the people who were fighting against the Brits commandos. Hmm. The first usage of commando in sort of our civilization was in the writings of Winston Churchill. So he might have actually gotten that from that war and then referred huh. to English commandos, you know, people as commandos in England, and that's yeah. how we have the term. Wow. So, Crazy. So that's the origin of Commando. Uh, it's also, when I was a kid, I would say I saw Return of the Jedi three times. 
and I saw the movie Commando with Arnold Schwarzenegger probably a <laughs> hundred times. Uh, yes. It's, it's with uh, uh, Ray Dong Chong and, and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, and man. It is the best movie for people just shooting. There's so many people getting <laughs> shot from eagle's nests. That's like my favorite thing. Oh, my God. I loved that movie. So much yeah. death. Oh, God. I need to revisit that. It's, yes. it's, been, it's been a long time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, yeah. Oh, and actually, speaking of stupid, um, I, I I think I mentioned a little while ago. I don't know if I mentioned on the podcast that I just discovered the Ewok who has a gun. <laughs> yeah, that was. I think we did bring that up last time. <laughs> okay. Well, well, yesterday, uh, as as fans of the podcast uh, should know by now, um, my daughter is a huge, huge Star Wars fan. Yes. Um, so she's ten years old, and it's just all she talks about. She's super into it, and has her. Pad, Padme and Leia and Ray Museum and everything. So there's this cartoon called Forces of Destiny. Right. And and it's getting kind of a short shrift because there's so much other Star Wars content out there that who wants to watch it and all that stuff. It's all on YouTube and I really suggest people watch it because it's like all based on the female characters from Star Wars. Yeah. And they end up interacting with other female characters from Star Wars and doing interesting things. So it's like Leia meets uh, uh, Sabine from Rebels, and they do something together. It's it's uh-huh. stuff like that. And they're um, they're really short, right? Aren't they yeah. like they're really really short? Okay. Yeah, they're like two or three minutes. But yeah, in, in okay. the best episode, which is I think the third episode, it's Leia. They take the moments in between things that you know. So it's Leia after meeting Wicked before going back to the uh, hut. Mm-hmm. So it, it ends with like them giving her the robe that she's going to wear. But there's a uh-huh. scene where they take out some stormtroopers and she takes a gun and she throws it to the Ewok, who's that dark-colored <laughs> Ewok who has the gun in the movie. So Of course. Oh, man. Anyway, that's just a pitch. If you have kids, especially if you have a daughter, you really got to watch those, you know. Um, because they're they're really fun and there's little kind of uh, throwbacks to small details like that that are actually pretty yeah. fun. I guess we could go into the Skyku. I think that would be the natural uh, next step, right? Yes, I, I think it okay. would be. Um, I don't think this needs any any real explanation except uh, <laughs> th- this is just. I looked at the figure for a long time, um, <laughs> and and this. Was I, I thought you would do this. You do that for every figure. You don't you just stare contemplatively for hours. <laughs> no, s- sometimes I already know what I want to say. Ah, you know. Okay. Um, right. The muse is a fickle wench. Um, okay. <laughs> So, uh, here it is. Rebel Commando. No button on overall. Green like the forest. Oh, yeah. I like the overall line. That's that's good. Have you ever (laughs) noticed that there's no buttons? No, yeah. He's he's all zippers, right? I mean, on the figure, I don't see any zippers. Like, I see the most <laughs> annoying garment you have ever seen. <laughs> and How does he get in out of that thing? <laughs> it, it seriously, it, it looks like uh, it looks like a um, like a bathrobe where you like it looks like a bathrobe. Like you know how if you have a bathrobe and the and you're not really doing a good. I'm actually wearing a bathrobe right now. I'm wearing my my Fight Club bathrobe. Um, <laughs> But like when you can't quite get the belt right, it's a little bit too loose, a little bit too tight. Yeah, that's right. what it looks like. It's just this right. open, incredibly uncomfortable situation. Yeah. yeah. And wh- why is it open like that? 
Well, why, why don't they have buttons on it? Shouldn't he be all green to protect himself and to camouflage himself? Yeah, you would think so. Yeah. What is it with all these, yeah, like action figure wardrobe issues? <laughs> I'm feeling like hearkening back to, to uh, Hammerhead here. Yeah, and, and also <laughs> his pants go completely over his shoes. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand those, that. Those I, I get. I, those are, what are they called? Uh, I have a name for them. People wear them for hiking and – Oh, you know. do they? Because it just reminds yeah, me yeah. of like uh, – who's that guy in the Yankees that used to piss me off the way he wears? <laughs> was it Soriano? Was he the one that always uh, I wore – I think that's that, – well, wasn't he like the high socks guy? Oh, no, he wore them high. He was the guy I liked because he wore them up high. Yeah, no, you're thinking of, of uh, Cano maybe? Yeah. I, I don't know. That's it. Yeah, I think Cano that, would wear them really there's low. There's a lot of players that would wear them like that. Yeah. yeah. No, and I know what you're talking about. No, there there is a practical function. I think it's meant to, like, keep rocks out of your boots. So <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and with that sentence, the show yeah. has reached a new low. That's it. Um, <laughs> there it is. Time to move on, Sky and Steve. <laughs> oh, man. We're going to have so many guests, Steve. So we're, we're going to have Ron on because we have to have right. Ron on, and, and he's going to do some uh, nugget talking and vintage vocab. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to talk about some stuff that, that we just – I don't – I would just have no idea what it is. <laughs> um, and we're going to have some focus collectors. Right. Yeah, it's been a while since we've done that, I feel like. Yeah, it, it, it has. Well, the thing is we had the focus collectors, and then they got lost, remember? Oh, yeah. We had the lost episode. Um, Yes. Yeah, that's true. I really try not to think about that. Yeah. Let's, let's, okay. All right. Now, now, now we're going to have some focus collectors. This is going to be good. We're going to be talking all about Captain Jode. Um, So, Steve and I were talking about that. And and the thing is, you know, Steve, we've been collecting vintage, what, 15 years, something like that? Something like that, yeah. a long time, you know. I mean, I still yeah. feel like I'm one of the new guys, but I should probably accept that I'm not at this point. Um, <laughs> and there have been – the thing is, you know, about two years ago, Steve and I tried to talk about focus collectors because it's a really interesting thing. You know, someone who focuses just on one character. Mm-hmm. And the thing is when people just focus on one character, they come in and they come in super duper duper hot. They just mm-hmm. want to buy everything. And every focus collector has that phase. Right. And some people have that phase. And then once that phase extinguishes, they don't really care that much. And then they eventually sell out. And the thing about those kinds of collectors is they can be really aggressive and they can hit you up and try to buy something from your collection and tell you how much they need it and how much they'd appreciate it forever. And you really don't want to sell it. And then you end up selling it to them and then they have it for like a year and a half and they sell it and they make like a 20% profit. And you're like, damn it. Yeah. I I didn't want to do that. So we called those people focus collectors, Mm -hmm. which was more clever than useful. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, because faux, you know, the French word for fake. Yeah. And cuss, but yeah. it's just, it just, seriously, like, Steve, we, anyways, we just got to <laughs> never listen to me. So with that said, I have a new idea, Steve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we should start describing, we should come up with classifications of focus collectors to give an idea of how long and how real deal they are. <laughs> that sounds a little bit dangerous. 
A little dangerous. I mean, not that that Focus Collectors wasn't a little dangerous too. <laughs> but anyways, th- this is what we anyway. propose because yeah. um, we're going to be talking to three people. We're going to be talking to Christopher Letty, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Such a special lady. Okay, so um, it turns out the quote from Fargo that I'm trying to quote is not special lady. It's super lady. But uh, it turns out I'm, I'm going to go with the wrong one the entire episode. So uh, double apologies to Christopher, special lady, who really should be super lady. You're such a super lady. Uh, oh, oh, sorry. Sorry, Chris. That's, <laughs> that's not fair to you. That's going to be all over. Oh, my. How many times? Uh, over under a hundred times in this episode, you're gonna hear me put I, that I, drop in. See, I feel bad for him, but I, it does just make me laugh every <laughs> time. So it's really lady. not. It's just not. It's not fair. It's not fair. <laughs> um, and then we're gonna be talking to uh, another Stephen, Stephen Ward. Mm-hmm. Um, and and those are two people who I've talked to Steve a couple times. Stephen, I don't think I've ever talked to Christopher, such a, <laughs> such a special lady. Um, Oh. No, no, um, I haven't either. But I know he he's been a long time listener to the show, so it's it's right. been it'll be it'll be fun to have him on, right? Um, and and so, then we got one more, one more Chris, right? And we got one more who's Chris Botkins, mm-hmm. and uh, and Chris Botkins, you know, Steve and I have known for a very long time, and he's been in our mind the Rebel Commando guy. Yeah, right. Um, and it's it, it just got me thinking about being a focus collector because it's weird, you know, since I've been a focus collector in the vintage community there have been there's been one other who started around the same time as i who's still collecting the same way right um there was one who was before me who phased out there's another Mm -hmm. who was before me who tapered down yeah Um, there was one that popped up in england and became super hardcore and everyone sold everything to him and he was a huge competition for me um and then he sold out and then like a year later, a different British guy showed up and did the same thing. And then he colonized the Facebook thing and all the, you know, that's, you know, got me really <laughs> upset. Um, but now he's actually been selling out of Chewbacca. So oh. if you're in England and, and you have a lot of money and, and you want to piss me off by buying all the good Chewbaccas, uh, I think there's an opening for British collector to who, know, who annoys Sky. Oh, yeah. More, more, more on that later. Um, but like, you know... And, and I was trying to think about how do you classify these people. So Steve right. referred yeah. to Chris Botkins as the Wooten of the Rebel Commandos. Right. And and that – I think the, the immediate connection was uh, the fact that John was like an, a very early Stormtrooper collector. And I just associated Stormtrooper with Rebel Trooper with you know Commando and I kind of made that connection. And I think your response made a lot more sense to that right. you know, in terms of that stuff. Right. So, yeah. so John Wooten, who was on the show a couple months ago with the, with the Steve Denny episode. Right. Um, of course, he's mainly interested in uh, Columbus Blue Jackets hockey jerseys. Um, yeah. So when we have the jacket pod, uh, we'll have him on. Um, but, uh, yeah, so he had the definitive Stormtrooper collection. I mean, just unbelievable and then he sold and then he sold it and there's a lot of guys like that like Todd Hudson was that for Chewbacca he was the guy I was talking about who came before me and then got out after me you know he was the Wooten of Chewbacca meaning he had the great collection and then he went out Uh, John Kellerman was the Wooten of Leia you know right Um, yeah yeah he was probably before Wooten but but who knows well yeah 
<laughs> so, so that's what we proposed is calling uh, focus collectors, you know, from a long time ago who were the definitive people in a certain area to be the Wootens and then dropped out. Um, right. And I think that anybody who sort of uh, had was like one of the first people associated with a character can be the Wooten. Um, and then the idea is if somebody is still collecting, I think that we should call them the McBride. So after yeah. Bill McBride, who's one of the first focus collectors, who's still collecting, who's still yeah. just as much in it as he ever was, that's like the – not only was he one of the first and he's been doing it for longer than anybody else, but he's still doing it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that that's a little more appropriate for, for Chris Botkins then. So. Yes. Yeah, I would say he yeah. is the McBride uh, collector of um, – of Rebel Commandos, just like you are the McBride collector of B-Wing pilots. And uh, <laughs> this, I, this just doesn't sound right. <laughs> I, th- I think, why not, Steve? I don't know. You don't I, like I, it? I, no, I, I think it's more like, yeah, I don't know. I, I'll always be demeaning of <laughs> of that character. So it doesn't, you need to own work. it, Steve. Yeah, I guess I do. Yeah. yeah. And, and the cool thing yeah. is, is that um, amongst older collectors, I mean, people who collected way before Steve and I did, um, John Wooten is a totally rock solid guy. I would trust him with my life. Just a wonderful yeah. guy. But he was very famous yeah. for being very slow to ship. <laughs> so it used to be that when we were collecting in the very beginning, if you took a long time to ship, the inside joke was, "Oh, I got Wootened." Um, so we're John. This is my gift to you as for being such a nice guy. Uh, when I met you, um, we are. We are going to change the meaning of Wooten in vintage collecting to meaning a guy who yes. used to collect something yes. but no longer yeah. does. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I think instead of focus collectors, uh, I think we could come up with a term for people who are in and out within a, within five years. Okay. Uh, and I call those flash focus collectors. Ah. Because um, that's okay. a little bit less demeaning because it's not – it's still real. <laughs> but it's just – Right. It's a flash, you know, like yeah. – And I think – Five years is a good cutoff point, don't you, Steve? Yeah, I, I think that's that sounds fair. Is all of this totally pointless and stupid, Steve? Yeah, I don't know. We were having fun with it. So. <laughs> okay. That's not a reassuring response. <laughs> I know. I'm not really great at, <laughs> at always reassuring. <laughs> it's true. I'm trying to, to be somewhat encouraging, but... <laughs> all right, Steve. Well... So then we're going to be talking to the Wooten of the Rebel Commandos and uh, to uh, hopefully McBrides. Oh, Christ. Steve, none of it. None of it no, 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 no. That, that, that was all wrong. None, I don't <laughs> even know what we're going to do. That's okay. It, it, it'll be a great roundtable regardless. Um, they all have awesome collections. So, yes. um, yeah, it'll be good. And apparently they enjoy talking about beer. So I'm going to try to make some way to do that. So if you enjoy talking about beer, you can do that. All right, Steve. What is all we need? Oh, a little bit of love. Yes, Steve. We we do need love. Um, I I've got like this list uh, on my uh, on my show notes here in front of me, um, and there's just a lot of stuff here that's kind of yeah. around the theme of love. Um, but I mean, I think definitely the most pressing thing for us is just. Uh, I imagine everyone who's listening knows, but um, a frequent guest on the show and a friend of ours, Bob Martinazzi, uh, he died 
I don't know, four days ago. Yeah, it was uh, just a couple days ago. Yeah, just a couple days yeah. ago. And, I mean, you can listen to the episode at Celebration, at uh, the last Celebration, when we're goofing around about Luke Jedi and how much does it cost. Um, you can listen to the one uh, from DC. That's the actual yeah. Luke Jedi episode. That's with, I mean, he he was the McBride of Luke Jedi, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, it's just hard because... Uh, he was just a really good guy. Um, he was. Yeah, and I just, I mean, I'm just like, I've always been kind of bummed about not being able to make that trip, and I've always enjoyed listening to that that episode in particular just because, you know, I think even in that episode, you guys are kind of walking me through the, the weekend, and then the, the interview with at Bob's place was just, uh, it was great. And um, I think that was just, uh, 76, I think was the episode. Yeah, seven, 76 is right. And I mean, he was, he was a huge part of the archive, party too i mean he just was yes. so generous and and kind and yeah um, and he yeah made just amazing usually the best swag of any celebration was was from uh, uh luke jedi.info i guess in, yeah. in honor of bob i can forget exactly what his website is one more time because i always got it wrong i think it was luke jedi.info <laughs> yeah um, yeah but anyway it's i mean the first time that sort of a member of our collecting family has passed so to speak yeah um, so yeah. I, there isn't really much more to do other than just to say that he was a great guy and you know i guess you can i, I put up the show on our facebook page in case you want to be listened to it again um i i couldn't just because it makes me too sad yeah um, yeah but, but uh, no, it's, i'm glad you did um I, I think i think it's it's a nice way for people to remember and i, I thought it really captured kind of who he was and what he was all about really well. So, and it's, it's a funny thing because you know, what we do is, is buying toys and, and collecting toys and it's worth money and market watch and blah, blah, blah. And we compete with each other and all that. Um, and often we'll wax poetic about the, the social aspect and how important it is, but it's just no joke. It's just mm. no joke. It's really what this is all about. It really is. I mean, uh, you could, you burn my collection seriously to the ground. I mean, it's worthless. It's absolutely worthless compared to like getting to know and be friends and have these kinds of relationships with people like Bob. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and I mean, you know, love is obviously a strong word. It's not like I talked to Bob every day. I didn't, you know, have extended conversations with him, but there is a sort of, uh, I think there's like a love in our community. Um, you know, that's obviously stronger when, you know, you and Brock, love each other because you've known each other and you're really good friends and all that stuff and you and i do and that, that yeah thing. yeah but it's uh, just so a sort of general this intrinsic yeah. uh part of it yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's there um, i think it's the love of community so i yeah. i guess i'd put that there um yeah. so anyway uh i it's a it's a real bummer but i'm 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 actually looking at my uh my emperor cup and for for this this month only, I will call it the Luke Jedi Cup in Bob's order, in, in Bob's honor. Um, <laughs> yeah. Although speaking of love, this was a, a gift from Yehuda because he heard that <laughs> he heard that mine broke. <laughs> so, I feel like did you get a you got a couple of replacements for that one, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> see, I that's did. good. <laughs> I did. And you see, and you guys love us too. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's been this weird thing, Steve. We've really uh, had to confront mortality. I mean, I I had all those weird medical tests, and I. Yeah, I was very lucky to find out that I did not have leukemia, um, but it, yeah. it was not entirely clear um, at one point if I did or didn't. 
Um, right. And then you've been dealing with your own stuff, which I don't know if you want yeah. to talk about or not. I mean, I, I yeah, no, it's I mean, we've always we've always been pretty personal on the podcast and I don't I'm totally okay with that. I'm I'm lucky that I haven't really had anything crazy like this come up for me since we've known each other, but um yeah, I mean my my wife uh just about a month ago wasn't doing well and uh it turns out that she had a pretty serious um condition going on with with her brain and um she's healing she's she's doing a lot better but yeah i mean there was this moment where i was completely clueless as to what was going on or what was going to happen and you know uh life just gets turned on its head anytime and uh yeah i mean i've been living in kind of a weird alternate dimension for a while but i'm i'm slowly we're both slowly getting back out of it she's doing a lot better and i'll say like <laughs> Like getting this show together and, and recording this is definitely like <laughs> helping me getting pulled back out of the upside down for sure. Yeah, I, I had uh, no idea, Steve, because I've I've been really excited about this episode. Um, yeah, I'm really happy <laughs> to get back on track. Like I feel like I've, the computer's been healed, and I I having had I didn't have a brush with death, but I did have a brush with mortality. I mean, yeah, yeah, no, I was it's... put in a position to think a lot about my mortality. Sure, whether or not yeah. I had reason to doesn't matter. Um, right. I did. Um, yeah. So I've been really yeah. excited to get back to it, but I didn't know, like, should I push you really hard because that'll help to distract you or should I leave you alone and figure that you'll, you'll contact me? So. No, no, um, it's, it's worked out. Like I think yeah. just the way it should. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be, to be doing this for sure. Well, anyway, it's, it's, uh, I mean, uh, we've talked a lot about it and, and just hopefully things continue to get better, but it's, yeah, it, yeah, it's, it's funny because when these things happen, you think, okay, I better prioritize all the things in my life, what matters and what doesn't. And yeah. I realized that like this show definitely matters more than my job. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm not entirely sure if that's correct, but like if, if, if I knew, that, a, if I knew yeah. I had six months to live or something. I would right. want to do a couple more episodes of the podcast, but I'd probably stop going to my work. I mean, I, I would have like a party and say goodbye to my students and stuff. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. And I, I think yeah. it's not not because every everybody must hear my thought about the overalls of the Rebel Commando. Um, <laughs> it has to get out, Steve. It has to get out there. It has to. Um, but it's yeah. it's just this uh, I don't know just being a part of this community and and keeping it going. So yeah. Oh. Yeah, not the whole episode isn't going to be the schmaltzy folks, but uh, you know, we're, no, no. we're it's it's been a pretty been a pretty psychologically heavy month. It has, um, yeah. I would yeah. say too, the as far as like positive things go, I mean, I went to this meeting of the of the New York State Collectors right, Club. Right, yeah, Fonzcon, right? Yeah, Fonzcon <laughs> for Fonz Napolitano. That's 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 just perfect. <laughs> Steve, there's no nice way to say this. I already know what you're gonna say. What am I gonna <laughs> say, Steve? Well, uh, let me just see if I'm right. Go ahead, come on, <laughs> dude. West Coast yeah, has got yeah. to get Let's... its ass together, okay? It's, it's now. True. Listen, yeah. Steve. I started the California Club, okay? I handed it over to you. <laughs> expected it to flourish, okay? <laughs> Tom Quinn has been running the Empire State Club for like half as long. I swear there was like a hundred people there. No, I, I, I don't months. know how you guys do it. It's, it was it's awesome. 
unbelievable. You know what the problem is, Steve? This is just a, the problem with the California club is that it is entirely made up of Californians. Um, That's true. Is <laughs> the worst group of people to try to get together. That is. Yeah. It is uh, absolutely like fact. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. No, man. Seriously, we should totally get together. Cool. How about right now? Yeah, no, uh, I'm, I'm going to take a pass on that. But um, what about like next week? Okay, how about Wednesday? Definitely, we'll check it out. No, no, like next Wednesday. Yeah, we'll check it out. What yeah, about next right. Wednesday? Check it out. Oh, my God. That, so, that, that, uh, that sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that's the charm of the California Club. But the it was just an amazing uh, meeting. And yeah, it was really it fun awesome. because there's a no kid policy, right? Oh, okay. And I thought my son was going to go on a camping trip, but he wasn't. Mm. And I just – I had to go. And I ended up just sort of showing up late and it was okay with fawns and it can't be an everyday thing. But it was really fun to share like my collecting world with my 12-year-old son. Yeah, what, what did he think of all that, all that riffraff? <laughs> well, for him, Star Wars has always meant, okay, dad's going away and he's coming back with a cool toy. you know, Right. Or, yeah, yeah. or it's watching the movies. But the collecting part has always been this mysterious thing. So yeah. it was really fun for him. Um, Good. Because, I mean, I told him to play it cool, you know. Yeah, but right. the other day when he had his asthma attack and he, and he had nothing else to read and he picked up Kellerman. So <laughs> he was in there and he was in Fonz's collection. And he's like, hey, is that Sandcrawler sealed? I was like, what? A, <laughs> what kind of question is that, Django? What have you been up to? <clears throat> so uh, that was really fun. And he just, you know, he... He sort of there are different guys who you know oh I really like that mic and I like that mic and I you know um, he thought Aaron was hilarious obviously um, <laughs> yeah and uh, and it was just it was a really nice time and and I, I sort of got the sense that he he thought it was pretty cool um, good yeah it's also <laughs> amazing because uh, talk about people take looking out for each other um, as you know my daughter loves porgs. Um, and somebody Mega at Empire State Club was selling the four foot porg. Really? That's. Um, I was wondering, like, the story of how this thing ended up with you. <laughs> well, yeah, it was on the California. It was on the on the New York Club. Yeah. And uh, okay. I said, yeah, absolutely, I want that. Um, but I didn't know how I was going to get it. He lives right. right down the street from my my critter. Um, ah, okay. And so my critter put it in his <laughs> avalanche and drove it all the way up to Syracuse. <laughs> Oh, that's great. That's like a that's a short film right there. Like I I just <laughs> I could see and, it. And Aaron almost had to take it on the train from Syracuse ah, to Buffalo. Yeah. But yeah. I, I was able to go there and take it home. And okay. it filled up the entire back seat. Yeah, um, I, I'd imagine. The thing looks gigantic. My daughter could not have been happier. I mean she this thing takes up more than half of her bed. So she <laughs> puts it on her bed and she sleeps sideways. On her on her twin bed, so that she can sleep next. To, uh, she calls him Waddles, so she can sleep next to Waddles. Oh um, man, that, that is great! And then my son just finished the Lego Millennium Falcon. Oh, the the, the, the gigantic se- the one, the seven thousand five hundred piece thing. So Whoa. I can just tell you, you know, vintage toys are the best. But as far as toys that came out in the last year, my kids got the two coolest toys. Uh, that were yeah, made Star Wars. Man, that is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. And then uh, kind of keeping the love fest going, Steve. Yes. Um, right. So I did something really weird at the Empire State Club. Ah, uh, yeah, you did. 
<laughs> so there's been this whole thing going on kind of behind the scenes in which um, I have been extremely uncomfortable with um, uh, CAS, uh, Collectors Archive Services. Is that mm-hmm. what it stands for? Um, yeah. The grading company that is an alternative to AFA. Right, um, yeah. I've been – there's been episode – one of the when we when the episode that we recorded got deleted – it included this whole like half an hour diatribe with my thoughts about it. <clears throat> One second. And I had to like edit that down from like a 45 minute diatribe with my thoughts about it. I was all upset. Um, and it's really conflicting because yeah. um, I consider Ross Barr to be a friend of mine and we meet at collector clubs and we've talked a lot. And yeah, yeah. I really respect the amount of work and effort that he puts into being a knowledgeable, helpful collector. Um, he really knows his stuff, right? Like, really, I mean, really, really knows his stuff. And, you know, my position was kind of a typical 90s Nirvana, you know, hey, man, keep your money out of this. I I felt that he was taking the social capital that he'd built up through his effort to be a good person on Facebook and then using that as an investor in this grading company to try and make money through this grading company thing. So that was my position. Um, and I was afraid that the pages that he managed were going to turn into infomercials for, for the service. Um, and I, I was just, I was very vocal about it. Um, but mostly I was vocal with him, you know, like I just told him cause I didn't want to be talking behind his back. And I just said, you know, this yeah. is what I'm afraid of and this is what I don't want. Right. Um, so that's fine. And whether or not I was right or wrong about that doesn't really matter. I mean, I, I do think its presence is a little bit high, but whatever. Um, and uh, then the other thing that happened is is that the main thing that I feared was that because Ross has so much social capital, meaning he has so much power as a influencer and a, um, like a point of entry into the hobby – Right, um, yeah, through all the, he, the Facebook pages and everything, yeah. Right, uh, which he earned through his hard work and, and foresight, you know. I mean, he's not just, yeah, you know. Yeah, right. So he put himself in this position, and then my fear was that it makes it so that voices of dissent are kind of hushed and, and pushed down. So I got stuck in this weird position where, like, CAS would do something, like they graded a double telescoping figure in which it was very possible that the double telescoping uh, saber was put into the carded figure because the proof mm. of purchase was cut out. Mm-hmm. Like there was a 1% chance that that happened and they graded mm. it. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's just ridiculous. Like you just can't do that. That's, that's, yeah. that is like throw your hands up in the air, wave them like you just don't care. This is not okay. You can't do this. Um, but that doesn't mean that I think that Ross is a jerk or that CAS is bad. But what happens is that because everyone on there likes Ross and they want his company to succeed, it's like if you say that, then you're saying something bad about him and I don't want to do that. So yeah, yeah. And, and most of the other sort of older collectors, for lack of a better word, just don't want to deal with any of that stuff. Like they just don't want to go on Facebook and get into it. So I ended up in this position where I was constantly fighting these battles with Ross and and if like I ever felt like Michael Havens was doing stuff on the Imperial Commissary, I would like get in fights with him and I was just constantly like being this weird sort of 
old guard policeman, which I didn't want to be, but I also felt like the only way to respect somebody is to take them seriously. So like, yeah, yeah. I take those guys seriously. And so when they do something I don't like, I, I just say it as opposed to like talking behind their back or making fun of them or ignoring them. Long story longer. That was my kind of my interactions with, with Ross over the last like year or so. And, right, and yeah. we've really debated on the show whether or not to talk about it. Um, I think at some point we might get Fratastic Pete on um, to have a debate with Ross uh, about CAS and AFA. Um, I think that could be pretty interesting. <laughs> I um, think, well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't think someone who, who like is really like not <laughs> like involved in, in the grading side of things at all. Like, I think that could be kind of crazy, yeah. but we're not, yeah. not going to do that on love month. Let's just put it. No, that way. no, maybe, maybe <laughs> not. <laughs> um, all of that is to say that Ross was going to the New York club to, um, and he was going to do a dis Tom Quinn who I respect as much as I respect you, right? I mean, a lot. Tom's awesome, yeah. Wanted Ross to come and give an explanation of what grading is all about. Mm. And so then Ross being, uh, I'm sure he would have done it anyway, but then as a businessman, he's like, okay, great. And then he started like kind of branding the Empire State Club with CAS pictures. And then he said he would take submissions and be 20% off. Oh my God, Steve, I was so pissed. I was firing <laughs> off text messages to Yehuda and Ron being like, I'm not going to go to the stupid Tupperware club meeting, okay? I'm not going to buy some Herbalife. I'm not going to be... And I was up on... My horse was so high, it overdosed, man. It was the... Oh my God. I was so uh... mad. <laughs> Now I got to the party late, and I missed yeah. it. And there's this these words of wisdom that every once in a while I think of. And there's going to be just one swear word. It's the A H word. So if you don't okay. like it, you just let me know. But Steve, you and I are both huge Big Lebowski fans. Yeah. So I think I think yeah, we'll be okay. <laughs> there's this line where Walter, the expression of rage, is talking to dude, the expression of pre uh, living in the present and acceptance. And Walter just keeps, keeps on going, am I wrong? Am I wrong? And Jeffrey Lebowski says this, no, man, you're not wrong. You're just an asshole. You do under the next round, Robin. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. Am I wrong? You're not wrong, Walter. You're just an asshole. Okay. <laughs> and... As somebody who really prides himself on being right, like I do, on somebody who prides himself on being moral and having the high ground and being uncompromising in his vision, this is as close as you can get. This is like Jesus telling rich people that you can't get into heaven, okay? This was like a true challenge to my being. Yeah, because, I, I can see, see that, yeah. Because... What's the point of being right if you're just an asshole? You know what I mean? Like, there is actually something better than being right. You know? So, I, I'm not wrong, okay? I'm not wrong that Ross doing that did kind of mess up what the club is about. And it did turn into a commercial event. And it did kind of sully it in that way. I'm not wrong. 
but I'm just an asshole. Like, just <laughs> just relax, guy, okay? Ross is just, he's trying to do something interesting. He's trying to make a grading service that's better than AFA, and Lord knows there's stuff there. And people like grading, and everybody was happy to see him there. And everyone likes him, and I like him. So, Sky, <laughs> you, just you, uh... relax. <laughs> You pulled a firearm in league play, Sky. That's what you did. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, that is a very obscure Lebowski <laughs> reference, but it's one of my favorite favorite lines of the movie. <laughs> so I was thinking, I was thinking a lot about this, and so I, I was there, and I was, um, you know, when you go to, if you've never been to a collectors club, one of the best things is the is the 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 sales, you know. Yeah, yeah. And mainly it's because you end up buying stuff that you don't even care about. Right, just yeah, like, it happens all the time. It's like, what? <laughs> so Ed Nagy, uh, or Ed Nagy, I don't know, um, Ed Nagy, uh, Modal, <laughs> uh, he had this uh, Black Bespin Guard Return of the Jedi figure. Mm-hmm. And right. I just, I like the Black Bespin Guard. I've always thought about having a focus on it. So I just, yeah. I just bought it. Okay, I see, I was wondering if, where, where the figure came from. Okay, that makes sense. And, and it's got a pretty yellow bubble. And yeah. I saw Ross over there, and I was feeling all this love. I was like, you know, these people accepted my son here, even though it's against the rules. And I'm looking around. I'm seeing all these people. There's all these awesome dudes from from Canada, uh, Steve. I mean, seriously, like these. You gotta when you come over here in the summer, we gotta go up to Ontario. Uh, you got uh, Toby, Mike, and Chris. I think those are the the main guys that I met. I mean, okay. just like, yeah. I mean, the really cool guys. I mean, it helps that they really like the show. So, um, <laughs> uh, you know, that's that's cool too. But I mean, like, it was really cool seeing them. I just had this whole like, it had this great vibe. I mean, Fawns. I don't know if you've ever really spent much time with him. He's a really good, very warm guy. Just the, a little bit, the, but the yeah, I, are I, there I got that and, impression. And I'm just so happy with how everything is. And I just thought, what would be the best thing I could do right now? So I go over to Ross. I'm like, okay, do it. And he's like, what? I'm like, get this graded. And he thought because the bubble was yellow, like who would get a yellow bubble, black Bespin Guard Return of the Jedi figure graded? He thought I was making fun of him. But I'm not. And I'm not doing it because I support CAS or because I don't support CAS. It's, it just seemed like a funny thing to do at the time. <laughs> and it's like, why not? Why not put a little money in Ross's pocket when he's trying to do this thing? Why not participate in this thing? You know, maybe I'm, maybe I am wrong, but I'm not an asshole. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> yeah. See, yeah, you, yeah. I think you, you flipped it in that in that one moment. I think. Yeah. So, no. So I, <laughs> I just I just thought you know because part of my personality in in the hobby. I don't want to always be the guy who's angry and gritting his teeth and, and being standing up for what's right against everyone because I'm not always right. Like it could just be that Ross has come up with a better grading company and isn't that cool, you know? And and maybe, you know, point is uh, I, I'm getting it graded and uh, uh, I'm definitely not going to be doing publicity for CAS. I do not recommend you use their service. Uh, I do not recommend you don't use their service. I don't. I don't care what you do. Um, I'm not supporting them in any way, other than just to have done that uh, that one time. It's just kind of a funny thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah. It was. Uh, it was pretty. Pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. But it was. It was pretty unexpected. He. I mean, Ross yeah. was just so yeah. happy. He seems. Took... He seems like. Yeah. I, I saw the video. It seemed like. Um. It seems like it was. 
it was a good thing. It was well, it was fun to watch. Because the thing is, is that I think he's often taken my objections personally, and I don't really mean yeah, it personally. Right. It, yeah. I, I really do mean it. it's like I wouldn't give him so much hell if I didn't take him seriously. Yeah. You know, like it's it's it, you know. So, anyways, um, so that's that's fun. I'll I'll report on it whenever I get it back. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, or I won't. Or I'll just forget to. Maybe. Because, maybe. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> um. So yeah, uh, so that's that that's pretty fun. And I think another thing that happened, Steve, in the last couple of months that we haven't talked about on the show is that I started a Facebook page um, with Bill Cable um, that's called the Mock Page. Um, <laughs> it's Vintage Star Wars M O C and then parentheses K. Um, yes, we're almost at 500 <laughs> members now, and the whole idea is that it's just ruthlessly satirizing the vintage hobby, right? Yeah, it it can it can get pretty crazy. <laughs> it, it gets pretty crazy, and the idea is that nothing is sacred. We try to make fun of everybody, um, but because um, because Ross, you know, is a pretty big figure, it seemed like I was targeting him. And same thing with Michael Havens. They both thought that I started the group to target them personally, um, and I definitely didn't. But I realized that wasn't doing me any favors in the not an asshole department. Um, <laughs> No, but we're not <laughs> stopping. Probably not. We're not stopping uh, the mock group. Uh, I suggest everyone join it. It's just a way to just not take anything seriously. Make fun of everything. Yeah, yeah. Go on there. I think someone wrote their favorite part of the podcast is when you can't hear Steve. Um, <laughs> just making fun of the mix, how it's bad sometimes. Good. Go on there. Make fun of me. Make fun of Steve. Yes, please do. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm. I'm actually a little bit nervous because uh, um, Bill and and Michael Cooper, the I mean Mike Hooper, um, they're they're both the other admins. And right. Yeah. I'm trying to think about what to do as a 500 giveaway. Oh um, God. And so <laughs> they're thinking about coming up with a fake convention. Um, oh, no. So in the Imperial Commissary, Michael Havens is doing a. Uh, I'd actually like to have him on the show to talk about it. He's doing a convention and he's just starting it from scratch. And yeah, just putting it yeah. in Nashville, and it's this amazing act of ambition. It's very ambitious. Yeah, I truly, uh, truly wish that it works, and I really want it to work. And I mean, he invited us to participate some way, but with your stuff with with Tessa, I didn't want to bug you about it. We could talk about it later. Um, yeah, but I was like, you guys can go ahead and do that. I don't want him to think I'm targeting him. But that's exactly the kind of thing we would make fun of, but not because it's dumb, but just because it's fun to make fun of everything. But whatever. Um, and, and, uh, I think the, the next bit of, of love, Steve, um, is your podcast, man. Oh, geez. Well, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I mean, if, but... if you're not listening to Steve's podcast, I mean, seriously, stop listening to this. You know what it's going to be. Ron's going to come on, um, something interesting and I'm going to go blabber on. Um, <laughs> but, but if you want to listen to like a really good like feel good podcast um, where you actually learn something as well. Really check out Steve's uh, Steve's Steve's podcast, Star Wars yeah. at the Movies. I just yeah. you, you're not that Thanks, good man. at, at self promotion, but I'm like, I'm really not no. <laughs> but it's if but. you like this show, Star Wars at the Movies mixed with the vintage mock Facebook page. I mean those are those are our solo projects. Okay. And this is actually a lot like the Beatles, you know. It's like <laughs> Steve is making this beautiful, like uh, McCartney's first album, or like a, a really good Wings album, you know, with uh, 
with Linda. And then I'm like doing this thing with like Yoko and like upside down, like pears and stuff and making noise rock um, together. I were the Beatles, you know, uh, in a humble way. Oh um, man. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but those are the kind of the two sides of the show, you know, like yeah. the sort of, that the asshole thinks he's better than everything, thinks everything's funny. And then the guy that you actually like talking about nice things. Um, I want that as a, as a, bumper sticker or something that's that's pretty good <laughs> <laughs> oh man well thank you no it's um it's fun i mean it's it, i mean it really kind of i've said this i think before but it really makes me appreciate what you have to go through to put together these shows because the ones i've been doing are only like a half hour maybe right. and it just it can it can drive you crazy so i can only imagine how crazy you must go at times so well, it's it's oh. it's worth it to listen, especially the last episode. Um, I, it's a it's a drinking game, guaranteed to get you drunk. Um, yeah. Every time Brock says theater, you have to take a shot of tequila. <laughs> you will be dead by the first five minutes. <laughs> it is absolutely unbelievable how many times yeah. he says theater, and it's oh, always it's amazing oh. Kentucky drawl. It's um, so good. I, yeah. I, I think next time I see Brock, I want him to change my ringtone to just theater, theater, theater. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it, uh, it was really, it was really fun. I mean, that was the first one I could actually do in person with somebody. I just like, oh, screw it, I'll, I'll bring the microphone. Let's see if we can do this, and um, it ended up working out really well and short and had his son on there, which was which was pretty great. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's. They're not all going to be like that, I guess. That was kind of a special one just because of the new, new movie was coming out and it was kind of a an event. But um, yeah, you know, it's it's. I don't want it to to. I want it to be something different. You know, I I think you're right. It's kind of nice to have these kind of offshoots <laughs> that are. <laughs> I don't know. They're different. So yeah, yeah, they're they're different. Yeah. So so join the join the vintage mock club for what I call the Mad Magazine, the vintage Star Wars yes. collecting. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and and go to Steve's. And actually, one more thing about podcasts. I'm just going to put this out there um, as an idea that I floated out there. I don't think anything's going to happen with it. But can I talk about the thing, the alliance yeah, thing, Steve? I mean, why not? I it does, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's not going to happen. It just right. uh, it, it might happen or it might not. But I've also yeah. been thinking a lot about the vintage rebellion. Yeah, and. Uh, fans of the show will remember when I got really mad because when they started they came out against us um, and over the years I've had trouble listening because I don't like dealing with competition and I sort of felt like they were stealing our guests and that they were you know they, they now do segments every month with Chris and Ron which is like oh I'm the phone in the archive ah, you know and I just realized I am a complete idiot like why am I even thinking about competing against <laughs> them like like why did the idea not come earlier so i don't know if anything will ever come of it because i don't know because they have advertisers or they have their own thing and they're not ready for it but i officially put out the idea that i want us to like be united like i, I want there to be a podcast alliance i think that's the term the vintage alliance that's what they call it when they have chris and ron on their show yeah um, right yeah and and i just you know I want us to be uh, Vintage Rebellion US, and I want them to be Kivecast UK. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, it's. Just, I mean, it's just. It's. I. I think when you really get down to it, like the fact that um, 
it's just great. It's it's kind of as a selfish way that they really are promoting the archive a lot, which is, I mean, the more that happens, the better, because I think, and we've talked about this, it'll come up on Facebook discussions a lot. It's like, well, what do you, you know, what about the archive? And people may not be as aware of it. And I think having that, we, that's what we're trying to do too. But like uh, the fact that it's like just extra in, like encouragement to go to the archive and, and check it out. I mean, it's, it's great. It's. I think it's a positive thing. So. Yeah, and and so, anyways, we're gonna try and figure out how to have them more involved with our show, or I don't know, just more actively promote it because, um, that's a good show, and and they're doing great stuff, and they don't do it the same way we do it, but they, you know what I mean. So it's it's yeah. cool. Like like you can listen to like different strategies of doing the same thing, and anyway, so I I don't know if anything will ever come of that, but. Uh, not only should you listen to Steve's podcast, but you should listen to their podcast. And, and, you know, I just think we're sort of all, and maybe it's, it's like, there's like this thing like on YouTube where like a lot of like the YouTubers know each other and they like each other and they have sort of a mutual admiration society and they kind of push each other up, you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, that, that's how it's sort of like it to be, you know, like we don't necessarily yeah. have to be on the same ad revenue s- stream or whatever, or the same <laughs> network, but just like, be a little bit close as opposed to like competing just being close yeah yeah that's i think it's um i think it's a good thing yeah is that all the love we have steve well uh i guess in the in the abstract yeah should should we get to some uh some commando love it is a nugget from the archive it is a nugget from the archive. Oh my god, they're gorgeous. All right, so I I just hit record. Uh, Ron was telling us that he loves uh, kung fu movies. What's the name of the movie you're watching again, Ron? The Flying Dagger. The Flying Dagger. Now, has that been in any Wu-Tang Clan songs? Mm, I don't think I would necessarily know that, but okay. it's uh, starring Lo Lee and Cheng Pei Pei. And it's from the late '60s, and it's basically just people throwing daggers at each other and <laughs> killing each other with swords. It's pretty good. Well, that's cool. Um, yeah, There's no just... porgs in it, but you know, <laughs> well, there is a song called "House of the Flying Daggers" by uh, Ray Kwan. So, and there's a there was a movie in the 2000s called "House of the Flying Daggers" too by. Um, the guy who directed those art house movies and then started making kung fu movies like Hero. Oh, oh right. I know. Who, yeah, that sounds right. I can't remember his name right now. Yeah. Um, where if you watch that movie Hero, it's like the most patriotic, nationalistic, pro Chinese government movie in the world. It's like it's it's like trying for yeah. the will, but like for China. <laughs> anyway, well, I think in China, if you want to get like the big money to make movies, you have to make pro China movies. I think that's kind of how it works. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> and this has been China Movie Talk with Ron. Um, so yeah, we're we're talking about the Rebel Commando, Ron. Who is the most un-Chinese Star Wars figure of all Star Wars figures? I, I think it's it, a, the it could be the Rebel Commando. I don't think it very well could be. Yeah. Oh yeah, Rebel Commander might be more un-Chinese than yeah. Rebel Commando, but they're both pretty, basically straight up and down white dudes. Yeah. Now speaking of movies, Ron, what do you think of the movie Commando? Uh, it's hilarious. I haven't seen it in forever. 
Yeah, it, it is. That's the one with Alyssa Milano, right? Where basically she something happens to her, and then Arnold just has to kill like half the world to save her, or something uh, like that. Yeah, basically. basically. Yeah, but 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 then he's with <laughs> Radon Chong, who who is there's a brief period oh, of time right. in the '80s where Tommy Chong's daughter was on the precipice of absolute stardom, and uh, yeah, yeah, I, and there was somebody, ah, oh, jeez, on the Opie and Anthony show or something like that who. Wrote a whole song about being in love with Ray Dong Chong, and I'm sure you could probably find it. Wow, Ray Dong Chong song if you Google. Well, we should we should try to track down my critter because he's uh, he's big into them. So yeah, I yeah, actually I, I gotta opinion. admit, Ron. Usually it's my my hand on the tiller, um, trying to direct conversation. Um, but I know Steve contacted you for the nugget, and I haven't even I haven't even looked at what Steve did. So Steve, <laughs> what what are we what are we doing here? Well, it's kind of like a, a preemptive nugget. It's actually something that isn't on the archive yet, but I feel like it probably oh, should yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Todd, Todd um, assures me. Whoa, whoa. Hold on. Something my Suddenly my Kung Fu movie unpaused itself. Um, <laughs> uh, Todd assures me it'll be on the archive soon. He says he's okay. going to put it on there. Oh, wait, wait, wait. This is something that's not on the archive yet, but is going to be? Yeah, <laughs> this is exclusive. We're gonna get a, a a view into something that isn't there yet. So does no one even know this exists? Uh, no, no, it's the opposite. I think everyone now knows it exists because it's on Facebook now. Oh, <laughs> okay. but it's still it's exciting. I think it's the the original sculpt for the yeah. figure. So yeah. definitely, it's a great piece. Um, you haven't seen it? It's on Facebook. It's on the the Jedi group, which I am a um. Uh, what do you call it? What's the <laughs> word? One of the people who is monitoring the group. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, now I see it. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I don't. Admin. I, admin. Yes, an admin. Yeah, I got I got to admit, of the three groups, I prefer Empire. Um, well, I, f you then, man. Yeah. I mean, what the hell? I just tell you I'm an admin, and then you like throw that back <laughs> on my face like that. It's time to quit jammering before I start hammering. I'm just saying. Uh, do you know why? It's because Brian Angel came to me and said I would appreciate it if you'd post more on the Empire page, and so I did, and now I like it. So if, well. if you if you ask me to participate more, Ron, I like you too. So. Well, they should. They're all pretty good. I mean, there's pretty good. Uh, you know, those three groups have a lot of good stuff on it. So. Yep. And, and yeah. Ewoks and, and uh, droids. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of good at Facebook groups. It's, it's almost like there's too many good ones, but at the same time, it's kind of like don't complain about uh, having too much good stuff. Yeah. Wow, look at Mr. Brightside over here, Steve. <laughs> Love it. Okay, so so tell us about this uh, this thing. Should, should I mean, okay, so if you don't have the picture in front of you, it's uh, it's a uh, a sculpt in. You don't have it in front of you, do you? You said you haven't even seen it. Well, I'm, I I see it now. I'm. Oh okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Go ahead. So it's it's a uh, sculpt of the uh, open bloused commando, um, as I've been marveling at. Um, there's no buttons <laughs> on his shirt. I mean, how annoying would that be? You know, like you're it's like pretty like, like Burt Reynolds in the '70s, isn't it? <laughs> He would have been awesome if he didn't have that gray undershirt and was just all chest hair. <laughs> um, yeah, well, that would be very un-Chinese. Yes, it, it would be. Um, and and uh, so it's the sculpt. Before we even get to it, Ron, do you know if these anonymous figures, if 
they were based on any particular person's face? Like, was there somebody who was hanging around with the sculptor who would be the model for the face? Oh, jeez. I don't know. I mean, I think the sculpt is probably based on the blueprint that's out there. I mean, they probably sent him that as reference and probably also sent him photos of the character in the movie. Um, like the best bet is probably the one on the blister card image. Uh, but, you know, I don't know for sure, you know, um, the guy on the blister card is pretty anonymous looking. Yes. And, yes. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if they really had to, similar to the rebel soldier, you know, the, the Hoth rebel soldier. I'm not sure that was based on a specific actor. I think it was kind of probably intended to be semi-anonymous. Right. Um, but we were so. just remarking that the B-Wing pilot, his face looks like the Rebel Commando face. So, like, maybe it was like, hmm. you know, Chet from marketing, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. My guess is that, that my, and just a guess, but I, I would bet that it's not really, they probably told him, hey, it's a generic guy and, you know, it, not necessarily doesn't have to look like anybody and there probably have several figures in the line like that including b-wing pilot you know i'm not yeah. sure it's really based on anything in particular I, I think in those figures the costume mattered a lot more yeah. you know than the face okay so we've been talking about it for 10 minutes and i've almost talked about what it is um so it's <laughs> a it's the sculpt of the figure and if you don't if you can't see it it just looks delicious it looks like white chocolate that's edible and tasty it's just this very <laughs> smooth lines and just uh it's it's like it's like cream colored um kind of an india you know, navajo white um and then there's also a picture of the internal mechanism of the figure so so what is it that makes this so interesting ron well geez there's a lot that makes it interesting i mean for the most part i mean it's the original sculpt of the figure so that's basically the piece of art or craftsmanship that uh, all those figures were based on so I mean as far as a pre-production item goes for an action figure you know the, in three-dimensional terms it's about as good as it gets because that's where it all starts um, from that uh, you know aside from that it's a you know it's a Bill Lemon piece and I'll, have you talked about Bill Lemon in, in previous it's been, podcasts? It's maybe? been a while. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we have. If, um, if by right. have we talked about it, <laughs> if you mean you specifically, yes. Like you, yeah. you, you've been on the show a few times to talk about it. That I think matter. it was the Leia, Leia Hoth episode maybe is when oh, we really yeah, got yeah, into yeah. Lemon. Leia but Hoth. it's a similar similar case well, here, though. But, but tell us again, what makes cor- Bill Lemon so great? Well, just for the crash course, you know, so people who haven't, listened before don't know about it you know most Kenner figures and most action figures at that time in general were sculpted in wax which is a pretty malleable medium you can you know make mistakes and melt it and redo things pretty easily uh, Bill Lemon was a guy who'd kind of uh, made his bones in the toy industry working for model kit companies like Aurora and he uh, sculpted things in acetate which is kind of like a a plastic type material, very hard, and uh, you know he he had done this. You know, some some other people worked in acetate too, but he's probably the most well known guy who did from that era of the '60s into the '70s. Um, and when it came time for Kenner, he never worked for Kenner, so he he was an outside guy. He did his own he had his own company and everything. 
So when it came time for uh, Kenner to do these action figures, he was one of the guys they hired to sculpt figures, and he's basically, man, you'll find a bunch in wax. If you find one in acetate, it's probably a Bill Lemon. There's some speculation that at least one other guy maybe did an acetate figure, but generally speaking, Lemon did the acetates. And, um, you know, it's, it, they're a lot different than wax because when you're holding them, it's like a solid material. It almost feels like very smooth marble or something like that. Mm. Uh, and so when he was sculpting these things, he'd have to do it almost like Michelangelo sculpting a, a piece of marble. You know, if he made a mistake, that was that. You know, he could probably fix it by cutting it away and you could glue a piece back in there or something. But generally speaking, it's, it's just you're taking it. it it's subtractive. You're taking stuff away from a block, whereas wax is very, it's additive as well as subtractive. You know, you can kind of model wax. Whereas acetate, you're just, you start with a, the arm is a piece of a rectangle, you know, and you're, you're whittling it away until you get down to that arm. Uh, so it's unique in that way, you know, and from a collecting standpoint, they're very durable. So it's, it's like, it's a solid piece of something, you know, it's, whereas the waxes are super fragile. They're often broken. So most of the wax sculpts out there, a lot of them are repaired in some way or another, whereas the acetates are basically all intact. Uh, so it's a different sort of thing. And, you know, I don't know if it's right to value the acetates more than the waxes, but I think as far as collectors go who are interested in this type of thing, my guess is that the lemon pieces are more appreciated in a way um, and you know you mentioned the internal mechanisms stuff I don't know maybe mechanisms not the right word but you know the the structure of it he kind of prided himself on sculpting things so that you could kind of just take what he had made and go direct to tooling uh, so if he Kenner had wanted to they could take the parts of this and just make tooling off of that without even doing a hard copy. Mm -hmm. They didn't do that. They still made hard copies and all that stuff, but he kind of insisted in doing stuff that way because that's how he did it in the model kit industry. You know, his model kits were the not just the sculpts, but they pretty much served as like the masters for tooling as well huh. uh, for the most part. So when, when he sculpted these things, you know, the, the, the Kenner guys would do them in wax and the arm would kind of fit onto a one-piece torso with a pin and then they would make hard copies off that and, and the, the torso would be made into two pieces later on, you know, in, in the tooling stage. He made his pieces with two-piece torsos right from the start. Right. Uh, so they're all articulated and, you know, the, the torsos basically, basically open up and inside there's grooves and then the, the limbs fit in there on grooves you know, on joints, and and it kind of just all fits together perfectly, like a piece of cabinet making or something. Everything just fits together, and it all works as a little piece, which is really when you hold it in your hand and you put those things together, like how everything just matches up. You know, there's not a single thing out of place. You know, the, those legs, when you look at the, the hip joints and everything, that there's not a hair out of place on that thing. It fits together just like an action figure would probably even better than the action figure would so right yeah it's from a craftsmanship perspective it's just kind of like astounding when you hold this thing in your hands and you're like really someone sculpted this thing from scratch um so i think that's what makes the piece really special 
even over and above probably your standard wax. And I guess it should be mentioned too that there's wax on it. Right. At some point. Like the yeah. backpack has has been kind of either added or yeah. tweaked I think, with wax. Yeah, a good number of Lemon's pieces were redone. Either Kenner would get them. It sounds crazy, but they'd get them and they'd be like, "Oh, this is a little too stiff." You know, we want to soften it up in this way or that. And they would actually probably use his sculpt to make a mold and then mm -hmm. redo it in wax because you couldn't right. really modify his pieces that well. Uh, so sometimes you'll find, or there were found in, back in the day, like the lemon original and acetate, and then there'd be a wax as well. Mm -hmm. uh, huh. Yak faces like that. I mean, there's you know, multiple versions. And then... The Rebel Commando, they didn't redo the whole thing with it. It looks like they did something different with the backpack. So they must have... Right. Someone at Kenner decided the backpack, they wanted it to look a little differently, and they redid it, you know. Uh, and so you'll see wax, and they just put it right on top of the acetate. Um, so that that's kind of neat. And I don't think it reflects poorly on Lemon's work. It's just part of the process is modification, you know. If it's just... Someone gets it and they're like, hey, this might look a little differently and they're going to just go in and change it. Uh, so that's why you see that. And it's, I think on the straps on the front and then the backpack. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And even on the Leia, I have the, the Leia, I have the Leia Hoth acetate. Um, that has wax, I think, around her rear end or something. Like they, they, they softened it up or something. And just certain details, they went in there and put some wax on there because they wanted it to look a little bit differently. Uh, so that's not really that unusual, but it certainly adds to the interest of the item, I think. Yeah. Uh, Sky, do you remember? We actually, I mean, at least I did. I saw this thing in person at at the toy chamber way back when we were there a few summers ago. And it was kind yeah. of just, it's it's nice to see it kind of on its own like this. It was with a bunch of other stuff. It was still really great to see. Yeah. But... Yeah, especially yeah. at Todd's place. Todd has so much great stuff. It's like it gets lost sitting. In yeah, there. right. No, it was just really great that he posted these really high quality pictures, and um, yeah, it's yeah. Just awesome to see. So you can look you at really that see. soon on the archive. Quality. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can really see the quality, and I think the lemon style has a real severity to it. You know, it's almost like a an early Greek ancient greek statue where it's just like yeah. right up and down very severe right. and you can totally see that in the figure you know one yeah. of the, the cool things about the rebel commando i think is just it's such a it's just a solid severe figure it's straight up and down it's got this like intense look on its face it's just well yeah right it, there's no effing around with that figure <laughs> it's like well yeah like, the unpainted face too like you said it's definitely very like greco-roman like serious um yeah and it which... totally goes back to lemon style i mean that's just the way he did things and the figures he sculpted are often especially the human ones are often very like that it's like you can mm -hmm. like even Leia Hoth is a little like that it's a very it's not unfeminine necessarily but it's very it's got a severity to it and a crispness to it as well mm -hmm. and you can totally trace that back to his style I think yeah and it does come through to the figure there is like for a military soldier He's not particularly like heroic looking. He does just look like like a grunt, like a like a tired old man who's been in the army too long, who's <laughs> yeah. not not too confident. You know, like like in a war movie, this is not the the star. This is like one of the guys who gets shot like in the second act. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. Anyway, so that that's that's awesome. 
So Steve, was that was that what you wanted Ron to say? Did you want to say all that, all that stuff about like about the lemons and all that stuff? <laughs> I think I think that's what we wanted, right? <laughs> okay. You know, I was thinking, I was like, boy, you know, uh, you know, Ron, you know, Ron's really good at explaining this stuff. Steve, we forgot to mention in the news that Ron uh, used to be a movie star, and now he's a TV star. <laughs> oh yeah, that's oh, right. Geez. <laughs> yeah, we, so there, there's a TV show on Netflix that we somehow haven't mentioned. Uh, yeah, um, that came out last month, and uh, what's it called? The Toys That Made Us. Yeah, that's it. Oh, that's the title. And uh, Brian Stillman was the producer, one of the producers. Yeah, and the the first episode was Star Wars, and the first person they tracked down was one R Ron R A Salvatore. So uh, you can you can. <laughs> I don't see know it. if I was the first person, but I was in it. Yeah. Well, I, you know, you're on the phone now. It's pretty so. good, right? I mean, I thought they yeah. did a pretty good job with it. Yeah. yeah. I, I was actually thinking maybe, Steve, we should try to track down, like, the sort of showrunner for that and get them on the line with Ron and with uh, maybe, Brian, yeah. maybe Gus and Brian. Brian Stillman and see if, uh, I think Brian Volk Weiss, I think is his name, see if he wants to do a sit-down, maybe especially before the second uh I guess it's not the second season, but the, the second, second like wave of right, right. Those yeah. come up. Yeah, that'd soon. be a good one, man. You should see yeah. if they can still do that. Yeah, I mean, boy, am I the only one who's not a TV star here? I mean, Steve is hanging around with Mark <laughs> Hamill. No, not uh, exactly. <laughs> man. Yeah, I think all the episodes are good, especially the the Masters of the Universe one was uh, hilarious. Really that one nice. was really, really great. Yeah, yeah, they they do make you want to collect other toy lines, so I, I it's. Uh, yeah, it's a little, little, uh, little dangerous path. Right, we're in this time period here where all these uh, things we collect have been focused on in a sort of intense way by big media, and it's kind of interesting to see that happen. But it's pretty good, I guess. Yeah, Steve, did you really want to do a vintage vocab with Ron? Because you, you you put vintage vocab with Ron, and then a, and then a big question mark, and that means I have to find <laughs> the sound drop somewhere. Um, <laughs> Which I'm sure you're not, you're not you're creating them from scratch anymore. Yeah, God, that that, <laughs> the, the that was one of my best ones. You know, <laughs> four yeah, up. It was soft copy. <laughs> that was a pretty intense one in terms of G-D-E. the production value. <laughs> UDE. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm sure I'll find that sometime. The word of the day is plaster, plaster micro mold. mold. What did you yeah. want? I mean, Ron might be passed out from such uh, elegant uh, explanation. He wants to get back to his his dagger throwing. But are well, you, we can try and keep it quick, Ben. <laughs> are you capable of talking uh, about what a plaster micro mold is? Yeah, Plast- I'm. Uh, I'm ready to go here. Okay, the pl- daggers can wait. Yes. <laughs> Right, right now on my TV, like you know, ever seen Kung Fu movies, the bad guy always has a beard. He's always the older guy, and he always, when he does something like terrible, he always goes ha 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 ha, ha like throws his head back. Like that's exactly what that's he's doing on my screen right yeah. now. Okay, Ron, could, could, could you do me a favor? Could you take a picture of your screen and text it to me, and I'll put that up on the YouTube enhanced version so people can see the exact moment you're talking about. Yeah, I'm taking it right now. Okay, cool. That's exactly what he's doing. <laughs> malevolently laughing at, at whatever. He probably just threw a dagger at somebody. <laughs> he did. <laughs> he's, he's keeping in character. 
Okay, so yeah. Steve, I, I'm going to look at this while Ron's taking that picture, and um, I I don't think I've looked at this before. If I haven't, I haven't paid much attention to it. I don't yeah. th- I don't think I know anything about it except I see a lot of writing here from Ron, which means it's probably a good write up because the more Ron writes, usually the better they are. So this is exciting. Um, I, what, so it's it's a, it's cheating a little bit. I mean, I, I'm using vintage vocab for one part of this this whole entry. So I think the whole thing is really interesting. But I just realized I had never seen a a plaster uh, mold for a micro collection figure that I could remember anyway. So and the only up... plaster mold I've ever seen for a um a, a Kenner thing. Okay. I can... But I can think of off the top of my head anyway. Yeah. Okay. okay. So, 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 so for, this... first of all, let's identify. There yeah. never was a Rebel Commando uh, micro figure made. Yes. No. That's okay. correct. So there was an unproduced set, and I I don't. What was the name of the set? Well, that's part of the mystery of it. If you read <laughs> the description there on the archive. Yes. Um, well, I think that it's always been assumed that they were going to do a, a, an Ewok village or some kind of Endor thing. Um, and I think that's actually mentioned it from concept to screen to collectible, the Sansweet book uh, mm-hmm. and Endor set. But nothing is really uh, – ma- there's probably maybe somebody out there has a piece of paperwork that they haven't shared with me or something. But I've never seen any solid sort of uh, products from the development of that particular set. Um, but I do have this – toy milestone schedule that takes in basically the whole 83 line, not just micro, but the whole 83 Kenner line. And it lists all the unproduced sets, you know, the, the Bespin torture chamber, the death star and all that stuff. Right. Uh, and in that, that turned up years back, um, you know, and in that is just one sheet that's called, um, it's for 83 toy fair and it's called star Wars micro, Set number two, 83 figure promo special. Uh-huh. And when you look at the figures being developed, it says micro figure schedules. There's RR number one, RR number two, RR number three, Rebel Soldier number one, Rebel Soldier number two, Rebel, Sol- Rebel Soldier number three. It's kind of enigmatic unless you are aware of what sculpts are still out there from the micro line. And if you were aware that immediately it suggests, okay, there RR is Rocket Bike Rider, which is yeah. the original title for Biker Scout. I knew that one. And, <laughs> and yeah, and there was three Biker Scout rough sculpts that were known to exist. So I was like, oh, okay, like that makes sense. And then Rebel Soldier number one. I think only two Rebel Soldier sculpts have maybe turned up, okay. but still, yeah, you know, maybe one got got destroyed or something, but. As soon as this came up, I was like, "Oh, geez, look at this! Here's the set with the the three the three um, biker scouts and the three rebel soldiers, the rebel commandos." Um, but what does figure promo special mean? And I think it probably means it was a mail away. Mm-hmm. You know, remember in '82 there was the Build Your Army set, which I had. Was it six figures? It was around six figures. I, I thought I thought so. It was like the snow troopers and the Hoth rebel soldiers, right? Yeah, and yeah. I think this was a second mail away, which is awesome. It's really cool info, but it's kind of bizarre because there's no no Endor set in no the environment. Lid. Yeah, right. <laughs> no place so for them to go. Maybe I don't know. Maybe that was just not included for some reason, or maybe 
that was later, but also just of all the micro stuff turned up, I've never seen like an Ewok or anything like that. So it's mm-hmm. kind of the this p- paperwork totally matches up with the sculpts that are known to exist, and the fact that there's no like you know Ewok village kind of matches up with the fact that no Ewoks have turned up. So right. it makes you wonder exactly what was going to happen, but um, clearly there was some kind of set planned with six figures, including the three rebel soldiers. And the the figure I have there that's on that archive entry is one of those rebel soldiers, uh, rebel commandos, I guess you'd want to say. And yeah. it's a cool sculpt. Um, I, I was going to ask, it, like, I've never seen, I don't remember seeing any other micro sculpts that are in a green wax. So when I first looked at it, like, yeah. I thought, oh, Dynacast, but no, it's it's actually the sculpt, and it's yeah. green wax. Are there other well, micro sculpts that have green um, wax? I want to say the other Rebel Commando is also in green. Okay. Um, but yeah, there there were some weird ones back in. This is going back to the, the guy who had all these and saved them. There were some odd ones. There was like an Imperial Gunner that was orange, hmm. uh, an Imperial Commander that was like tan. Uh, I think the, just a weird tan color, and those are obviously from the Death Star set that was supposed to be released in three. So right. There, were some weird ones, but yeah, green was odd. The reason it's different is because they used a wide range of sculptors. So the the Kenner in-house wax generally tended to be like a flesh color, although there's sometimes like a white color. Yeah. Uh, This was sculpted. We didn't know it at the time when it first turned up, but it was sculpted by a guy in New York who was a contract sculptor. So he must have liked green, you know, I, I guess. Uh, and so when he delivered it to Kenner, it was in green, and um, that's the guy who had the the, the plaster mold, which is mm-hmm. the subject of your vocab. So right. So we're now on to the plaster mold. So what does that mean, a plaster mold? Um, well, it's not. Most of the molds out there are silicon, right? And they were used to make hard copies of the figures, the four up hard copies. So they were. Yeah. Mostly made, sometimes inside Kenner, but a lot of them were done by an outside contractor uh, who made silicon molds to make hard copies of the sculpts. This one was made by the contract sculptor at his home in New York. So he would have sculpted the figure, and at some point, maybe even before it was fully finished, he made this plaster mold to preserve it in case it broke or something, because he could pour another one and start anew. Mm -hmm. So he made this plaster mold, and he just did that. That's what he liked to do. He liked to make them out of plaster. Uh, he said that actually sometimes he would make modifications into the plaster rather than in the actual figure. So he could carve into the plaster to make like a, a, a change, which hmm. I thought was kind of interesting. But he, so he made this and saved it just for his own self. And that's why he still had it. And we, we turned it up at his place when... You know, me and some other folks visited him in 2005, I think. Okay. I was like, holy cow. I told him, I have this figure. And he's like, what are you talking about? And I said, I have the, the sculpt that you <laughs> sent to Kenner. Um, and, you know, interestingly, if you look at the, uh, in the mold, in the crevices and stuff, there are uh, remnants of like a brown colored material. Yeah. And, and I have a, a cast that must have been made out of this mold mm-hmm. in, a, in a brown wax, which was also sent back to Kenner by him. So the, the, 
the two items I have, the two wax items, totally match up with this plaster mold, um, which this guy had just saved for the heck of it over the years. Yeah. So it, it's pretty cool. I, I don't. I'm trying to remember whether he had two. If he had the other Rebel Commando as well, I can't remember now. But it was certainly something new. Like I don't. I'm not aware of another plaster micro mold off the top of my head but maybe i'm just forgetting and it's it's cool too because it has like a cap on the top that that right it's like yeah. a huge chunk of plaster yeah and on the top on the side he wrote rebel commando in 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 um pencil rebel commander yeah actually you're right that's the rebel commander because that, that was confusing because it's called a rebel soldier in the sheet and then it's rebel commando and then it says rebel commander so, yeah, well, these. Uh, but at the time he was working on it, they care. might not have even had the title, <laughs> yeah. you know, of the figure. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's the story of that, and it doesn't really, like I said, doesn't really have any place in the process. It's not like they used it to make hard copies. It's more like this sculptor used it as a as a way to preserve his work in case something happened, and he can go back and make modifications, or he can make another one. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it was just yeah, never something I'd I'd seen anything like that before. So it was just uh, it's just cool, yeah, really neat. It's cool. It's one of those cool things where it's like you have something like that sculpt, and then all of a sudden you run into a guy, and then he has the mold for the thing, and it's like I got that sculpt from a completely different guy, you know, <laughs> eight years ago, and now I'm here at a different place, and I find this mold, and it's like it's almost mind-boggling to think that you could marry it up like that but yeah that happened back in the day and then of course you find that the sheet you know explaining the uh the production of the set you know from another source years later after that so you you know i I think it's a good thing that i didn't look into this beforehand because had i i would have tried to come up with some kind of complicated way of making it all exciting (laughs) about piecing together the three things and how did ron go on this adventure it would have been fine but it wouldn't have been materially better than ron just telling the story and people being able to fill out the narrative themselves um Um, I actually ended yeah. up getting getting lost because I I started thinking about uh, Cynthia Plastercaster. You guys know about her? <laughs> you know about yeah. her, Steve? I know well, Ron does. You know about her, Steve? No. What is this? I think this four up is a little bit below Jimi Hendrix size. <laughs> yeah. but it's probably close. So she was this groupie who hung around with Frank Zappa, and okay. while hanging around with him, she got the idea of just making plaster casts of famous rock and roll uh, <laughs> okay. artist penises. And okay. You can look it up. It's it's fascinating. Um, so I was just thinking, you know, Rebel Commander, and you open it up, and it's you know, it's a, it's a dong. Um, wow. So really, Steve, that wasn't a vintage. Well, Rebel cab. Commando is is known to go commando. Yes. So I guess right. you know, he's always ready to get plaster casted. Yes. <laughs> So that wasn't really That's... a vintage vocab. You just wanted to point out that that was a that was a s- sneaky double nugget, Steve. It, it was, yeah. I, 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 it's true, but I had to figure some way of getting it in there. Uh, I think it worked pretty good. I think yeah. it did. Now we have to figure out how to do a roundtable where everybody's got the same name. We've got two Chris's <laughs> and two Steves. Um, <laughs> so I, uh, I think we're going to let Ron get back to his uh, flying daggers. Um, <laughs> Uh, you'll, you'll have to let us know how it ends, uh, if if the guy with the beard ends up succeeding or not. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I texted you the, the image, but I'm sure he's going to knife several other people, and it'll have a happy ending, because all these movies have a pretty happy ending. I'm sure he'll get plenty knifed himself before it's over. <laughs> yeah, it's coming. I can feel it. Yeah, cool. Well, awesome, Ron. Well, we'll catch you, if not this month, the next month. Uh, I don't even know. Steve, what's, our, what's our figure next month? Uh, I think it's Weekway, actually. Oh. Yeah, no, no one has no one has anything interested to say about week. You have to tie that into Moby Dick or something. <laughs> oh, thanks, Ron. That'll, that'll I'll have to read. Which also Moby ties Hick. into Plaster Casters. Oh, see it. It, <laughs> it all it all yeah. comes back around. That's why we bring them on the show, folks. All right. All right, guys. Good luck. Thanks. Thanks for thanks. having me on. Good night. My baby whispers in my ear. All right, so that was uh, our conversation with Ron. Let's uh, do the intro for our conversation tomorrow with uh, such a Christopher Lady and um, and uh, Stephen Ward and Chris. Uh, what's in the Botkins? Well, Steve, we have not had a round table this round in a very long time. No, no. Um, and we've decided to do it as confusingly as possible. So we have a figure who is himself cloaked in mystery and is completely camouflaged, uh, green and gray. And then we have uh, three collectors of that Rebel Commando, and two of them have the same name, and then the other one's name is Steve. So this is an impossible task to try to run uh, to try to run a, a roundtable. I often think uh, Jason Swank on on the uh, on the uh, Rebel Force Radio. He does the best roundtable. He's really good at it at calling people's names out. But I can't just say. So Chris, what do you think about the Han Solo trailer and other questions I don't care about? So this is my this is my idea. I think we have to come up with with code names for our commandos, Steve. Yeah, the the strike team code names here. Yes. Okay. So, so you you just get to be Steve, okay? Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. The other Steve is Stephen Ward. How's it going, Steve? Hey, what's going on, Sky? How you guys doing? Good. So you're you're down in Texas, United States, yes? That is correct. Uh, what what part of Texas? Um, I'm in Fort Worth. Area. Your code name because your name is Stephen Ward. You, you have a choice. You can either be Big Brother, because my brother's name is Ward, or you can be the Sword. Um, you know what? I'm, I'm going to leave this to host's choice and let you surprise me on this one. Okay. You're going to be the Sword. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, amazing. Let's so from this. Fort Worth, Texas, we have the Sword. And hopefully I'll put in some sound effects there. We also have another first-time visitor to the Kivecast. A man whose name I have unfortunately made fun of incessantly since I first mentioned him about an hour ago on the show. Uh, Chris Letty. How's it going, Chris? What's going on, guys? So you're, you're not in Texas. You're in New England. Is that right? Yeah, New Hampshire, specifically. So because there's another Chris who we have yet to introduce here, um, the fact that, okay, you'd think that with the fact that your last name rhymes with a Star Wars property that we'd call you Lily, right, for Lily Lady? 
Yeah, I um, know, I know. But I'm not actually going to do that because on a previous show when we talked about Lily Lady, we kept on quoting William H. Macy from Fargo saying, you're such a special lady. So I think your nickname is going to be special. What do you think of that? Works for me, man. I like it. All right. So we got special lady. We got sword. And then we have, uh, I believe it's his second time on the show, but first time sort of officially. Yeah. Chris, Chris Botkins. Is that right? That Yeah, I think you're, yeah, I think so. Because um, we've always been waiting. The Rebel Commando has been circled on the calendar. This is going to be our Chris Botkins time. Um, but you've been in and around the the, the universe uh, for quite a while. Uh, and you are in Colorado? We, I am from Cheyenne, Wyoming. That's yeah, right. Yeah, the uh, bu- bustling metropolis. <laughs> so, so sticking with the 90s movie theme, uh, I want you to be Chris, what's in the Botkins? Um <laughs> In, in reference to the now uh, unwatchable movie Seven, are you okay with that, Chris? <laughs> well, I was kind of curious where you were going with that, but yeah, sure, yeah. we can we can do that as long as what? long as I don't have to open the box. <laughs> yeah, what's in the box? Because you used to be Rebel Chris, but that's right. unfair because there's now another Rebel Chris. So, so anyway, I'm obviously, on the nickname here. In 1983. Rebel Commando figure was sent to market by the Kenner Company for a toy for which they didn't design a good card back. Three men promptly began collections from remote locations in the American Vintage Collector Underground. Today, being interviewed by the Kivecast, they thrive as collectors of focus. If you want to see some Rebel Commando pre brought if no one else has it, then maybe you can talk to the C-Team. The C-Team! as Special, Stephen Ward as Swords, and Chris Bakken as What's in the Box. Special appearances by Stephen, just, you know, just Steve, and my trademark is stupidity, Scott. Sorry you didn't get a cool cut. I mean, you got the beam. Obviously, the, the big question that we always ask, Steve, um, is what is it that, that drew you to collect this figure, which I would say Steve and I are split. Steve's a big fan, and I've been uh, slightly derisive the entire time. So uh, why, don't, why don't we start with the order that we were in before? S. Ward, what, what was it that drew you to the commando? Uh, you know, I'm... I'm I'm generally somewhat younger. I'm I'm 33, going on 34. So I, uh, you know, I was kind of inundated with mostly Jedi stuff, you know, growing up, and a lot of the figures that I got secondhand, you know, in the early 90s. And it was it was mostly Jedi stuff. It was Akbar, and you know, I of course, you know, Boba Fett and a Klaatu, and I had a Rebel Commando, and um, I, I was actually thinking about about this earlier. Um, not really sure what exactly it was during me the rebel commando. I always thought that that whole scene was cool going and, and doing, you know, the, the raiding of the bunker and all that. And, uh, you know, as a kid, I was always really interested in like, you know, the, the world war two, you know, paratroopers and stuff, you know, the 101st did on, on D day. And I guess maybe there's some connection to that. I could certainly draw a, uh, kind of draw a little parallel to why I thought that was somewhat interesting. I could see some, some similarities there, but, uh, no, it's just one of those really neat 
one of those really neat figures. And for some reason, despite the fact that he's supposed to be camouflaged and hiding out from everything, that one kind of always stuck out to me. All right. So that, that's kind of like, like Steve in a way. Uh, right. I can say Steve because there's only one Steve now uh, who's right. also uh, criminally young and just kind of drawn, <laughs> drawn to the Return of the Jedi. Okay, now let's not go in the same order. Let's jump over to what's in the Botkins. What's in the Botkins? Uh, what's in the box? What? <laughs> that is the... <laughs> I'm, I'm really liking that one. What's in the Botkins? What, what was it that brought you to the Rebel Commando? You know, he was always... I guess, I, you know, if we want to start way back at the beginning, I, I'm actually kind of surprised I'm a Star Wars collector because I was more of a G.I. Joe guy. Hmm. Um, growing up but uh i one of my very first memories that i have is of seeing return of the jedi in the theater and um and game, being frightened by jabba the hut but uh fast forward from that um my favorite figure growing up was always sci-fi from gi joe and he was another anonymous green character mm. um sci-fi but uh, Sci-fi, yeah, he was he was okay. bright bright green and had a, a black visor for on his helmet and silver boots like silver go-go boots like uh, the blue snaggletooth. Okay. And uh, in when I whenever I would play with my figures, I would always play in the front yard, and we had this little garden area right by the front stoop in the in the yard, and and Sci-Fi and Rebel Commando were always you know, because of Wyoming and the terrain and we'd always go camping and things like that. It was just kind of a natural progression to play in the forested area, AKA the garden next to the stoop on the front porch. So, (laughs) (laughs) so that, that's kind of where that all came from. And and then it just kind of stuck and rebel commando just kind of became the, you know, the grunt of the star Wars slash GI Joe universe with sci-fi. Wow, I, I've I've never heard of sci-fi. Um, I'm, I'm sure that uh, Jonathan Robinson is very excited that we're talking about GI Joe again. Um, <laughs> well, no, but... that, it's funny because we uh, I went to Canada um, this last summer and and went up to um, the Edmonton Expo and and Ron Rudat was up there and I actually commissioned him to to draw a sci-fi sketch for me and so that that's that's hanging up in the collection room now too. So that's awesome. <laughs> wow, kind of. Much, I, I do. I do like the image of the Rebel Commando as like living out in the West and just kind of retiring from his days and talking about the time when he was upstaged by a bunch of teddy bears and you know just kind of <laughs> hang, hanging out in the valley. Um, well, then, special lady, what what are we? What 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 brings you in coastal New Hampshire to? Uh, well, I'm getting way. I'm getting way too uh, radio voice, Steve. You got to put a break up, break in there. <laughs> It's just because I get to call him Special Lady that I just get too excited. What was it yeah. that, that brought you to the Rebel Commando? Uh, well, as a kid, I'm pretty similar to to uh, what's in the Balkans uh, story. Uh, <laughs> had a he, <laughs> I had a huge forest up behind my house, and uh, Rebel Commando was one of um, one of the key figures that I had in the New Jedi and cruising through the, uh, the forest, pretending it was like an Endor, and just having having, all, having a blast with them. All the other figures, I was big into G.I. Joe's too, not to bring it back to that, but uh, the biggest thing for me is I have a very vivid memory of 
playing in the woodpile with my Rebel Commando figure and forgetting that he was hanging out in there. And, and uh, subsequently, my dad put the wood into the furnace. Oh, no. And uh, <laughs> I... <laughs> so I realized that the woodpile was not there anymore. And I went out. There was, my dad used to dump the ashes out in the woods. And... I went sifting through the ashes and I found a half melted rebel commando <laughs> and I was, I was heartbroken. And so I begged my dad to bring me to the store to get something. And, uh, they had, they luckily had another rebel commando at the uh, Woolworths in downtown Exeter, New Hampshire. And, uh, still got that, that replacement rebel commando now. And so, when I decided to uh, start a focus collection, I figured what better figure. Wow! And and you don't? Do you still have the the melted one? Oh man, I wish I did. <laughs> I wish I did. It would be the the pinnacle of my collection, but uh, long since thrown away. So. Yeah. I was just yeah. going to ask if he still had that. That's awesome. <sighs> man, well, you know, I wish. I I think. I, I personally think that you could recreate it and at least I would be okay. Yeah. Um, or, you know what? Actually, I, I'm going to do this here because I really like having people who all collect the same figure because you guys all compete against each other and hate each other but also love each other and know the exact same thing. So what? when when is your birthday special? Uh, November. Okay, November. So that gives you guys a long time what's in the box and S-Ward. I want you to melt – one rebel commando and send it to him by November. And like, you know, you can get artsy with it and you can mess around with it. But I think that would be like a really special gift. Don't you think Steve, wouldn't that be a nice thing for them to do? <laughs> I, I like this, this art assignment. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And Steve, you and I should do one too. I mean, I'll have to buy one of those figures, but uh... maybe describing a little bit how each of you guys got into uh, in terms of collecting as, as, a, as adults, picking this figure and, and where you started. Um, should we go with uh, with what's in the Botkins first? Uh, what's in the uh, box? Sure. Um, well, it kind of kind of stumbled on it really. Um, two thousand ninety nine and two thousand was the year I graduated college and started my first job. And so, um, you know, you you get that little taste of real world and you know the first real paycheck and things like that. And it was also the time that you know you kind of also discovered eBay. And, um, and also, you know, kind of all in the same time, it was like, like the summer of 94 when you discovered all the cool music because of the beach MTV. Um, but it, you, <laughs> you found eBay and rebel scum and first paycheck all kind of in the same sort of time frame. And I remember, um, a listing on eBay and it was actually from Jordan, um, Hembro and he was selling, um, can't remember what it actually what what piece started it, but uh, he was selling something, and and I was like, you know, that's that Rebel Commando guy, and you know, I really like him, and you know, on, there's all this talk on Rebel Scum about focus, and you know, and, and and all that that goes along with that, and you know, I think I might want to go down that road, and and so on and so forth. So in 2000, it kind of kicked off with um, the blueprints and a painted proto mold and a hard copy um, head and that all kind of fell into place within the first like six months of actually deciding to do that. 
And uh, then it kind of went dormant for a while. And uh, it wasn't until 2006 or four or something like that when um, Rob Johnson had a wonderful um, Rebel Commando focus for quite a long time. Right. And Oh, he's the Wooten. And it, yeah, he's the Wooten. <laughs> and uh, he actually sold it um, on Rebel Scum, and it was what kind of the impetus for me to sign up to Rebel Scum was seeing that because I wanted to get in there first to try to buy it, and he was selling yeah. it for, at the time, like ridiculously cheap. I can't even... Uh, Steve, do you remember I, what I that remember price was? I remember when that happened, but I, I have no idea what that stuff sold for. I just remember that it, it seemed pretty pretty reasonable at the time. And that's pretty uh, reasonable and, and, for 2004 prices. Right, well, yeah. And, and like, Rob could probably tell you, but I want to say, Steve, and, and I, I maybe I'm completely off base, but I don't think I'm too far, but I want to say it was like $3,000 for... For like the, the whole group, right? Yeah, for his whole run. And it was like a proof card, a chromalin, and a first shot, and um, a proto molds, and... God, he had all kinds of stuff in that run, and and I can't remember what he was selling it if he was getting out completely or what. But yeah, he he, um, got, he got out. He sold a bunch of his stuff back then, and I don't think he sold all of it, but I know that he he sold a ton. And um, so that was the impetus, and and obviously, you know, I I got in too late, and he'd already sold it off, and and then so that kind of sparked the the competitive drive to, well, I'm going to piece all this back together eventually. And Oh wait, you didn't buy it. No, no, it was long <laughs> gone by the time I got there. And it was, it's funny cause it was the impetus of me signing up to rebel scum. And the first, first thing I did on rebel scum was send him a PM. So here's this, here's this newbie with zero posts sending him a PM <laughs> wanting to buy his focus. I'm sure his eyes were rolling in the back of his head, but yeah. So that's, that's kind of been my lifelong goal of focus collecting is trying to, reassemble rob's run and how close are you i think i'm fairly cl- i'm missing i know i'm missing a mock-up and i i know i'm missing i think steve ward actually sorry sword has one of the mock-ups <laughs> is that is that right um, sword do you have one of them um i actually think that the mock-up he had was a different one from the one that I have. I think that one was the one that was on the, uh, I'm a, I think that was the one that was on the four LOM card with the hand cut bubble. Like the paint, oh. it was like a painted, oh. it was like a painted figure. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm now I remember it. Yeah, it was on a, then, uh, the four LOM. And you have that cow, that baggie too, right? That one with the um, the QC sign off. Yeah, and, and that was then part he, of that run too. The other thing he had that I don't think many people knew he had was a was an odd colored first shot. And I, for the life of me, have no idea where that disappeared to. But I'm sure someone's snagged that up. But it was, I want to say it was. I don't know if it was yellow or if it was like all like a lime green color or what. But it was. It was interesting, and, and I don't know if that all went with the run or if he hung on to that, but in later pictures after talking with Rob, he showed that one to me too, and that was pretty cool to see. But Wow, that, that's really fun, the idea of this like centralized thing getting scattered out like a weird diaspora, and then you're sort of trying to piece it together. Sky here coming at you from the editing bay. So I just did a little bit of research here, and I found the old thread. That was from 
November 26, 2006, Rob Johnson, a.k.a. Lego Rob, posted this. FS, for sale, prototype Rebel Commando action figure focus. Up for sale is my Rebel Commando prototype focus. This lot consists of the following six items. 1. Hand-painted engineering pilot mounted on a handmade mock-up Return of the Jedi proof card. This is a hand-painted prototype engineering pilot that is mounted onto a 65A proof card with a totally hand-applied bubble. This came directly from an ex-Kenner employee and has never been in any other collection except for mine. 2. Unpainted, non-sonic welded engineering pilot figure in milky white plastic. 3. Unpainted, sonic welded first shot, no dates or COO markings, and yellow head. 4. Bagged quality control sample with sign-off card. 5. Carded first shot on a 48-back Zuckus card. Prototype bubble. 6. Return of the Jedi 65V back proof card. For more info, please see the Star Wars Collector's Archive. I am asking for a reasonable, and this is where it stinks, it just says sold, because back in the day you had to erase what you paid for it. So I'm going to ask Rob if, he'll, if he can tell me the price or if he remembers. And if he does, I will put the price in right here. $1,750 for the entire grouping. If you've been looking to start a character focus, this is a perfect opportunity. The Rebel Commando backer card original artwork is in circulation, as are various hard copy and first shots, and also unproduced POTF proof cards and chromalins. This would be a tremendous way to begin a character focus, with a great potential for future expansion. If you're interested in this set, please contact me directly via email. Then, there w then he had to bump, and then there was another bump, and then a fourth bump, and then a fifth bump, and then a sixth bump. This, the eighth post on here was, let me know if you'd like to see any pictures of anything in particular, if you have any questions. But it was actually within one day that it was sold, pending payment. Um, there was a total of 12 posts on here. The very last post is our very own Chris Botkins. And it says, I'm sorry, Chris, I have to say this in a kind of a dorky voice, because this was your very first post on Rebel Scum. <clears throat> Hello, I just joined the forums, and man, I wish I would have joined earlier. I too have a Rebel Commando character focus, and would have loved to jump in on this one. Let me know if the sale falls through. Great items, by the way. Cool emoji. Um, so it's pretty cool to think that he has most of that now, after that post at the very, very beginning uh, of his collecting career. Okay, let's go back to the interview with Chris, and I hope he can forgive me. He doesn't. I, you know he doesn't sound like that, because you're listening to him now. Okay. Um, that's 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 really fun. Hey, good question, Steve. <laughs> well, we gotta ask the other two guys. Well, too, then right? go, go for it, man. You're you're, you're driving the ship there, uh, Commander uh, Steve. I don't know about that, but I mean, I I know um, Sword and uh, Special. <laughs> See, I can't even say it, Scott. Special <laughs> lady. Yeah. He's such um, a special lady. You're such a super lady. <laughs> Well, and he sounds uh, like Matthias while he says it too. That's, that's true. Kind of creepy. That's true. That is, yeah, that is a little unsettling. Um, but I'm do Ma Matthias accent, okay. Uh, oh, there he is. Wow. Um, uh, so, like, when when, <laughs> when did the uh, when did the two of you um, kind of get going with with the focus collection? Maybe start with uh, with Steve first. Sword. <laughs> um. So I mean, I, I had some—I uh, just had some production stuff that I'd had sitting around for a while, and I hadn't really ever had much of uh, 
like a really concise focus. I'd always kind of gone after a lot of Jedi stuff, you know, mostly Kenner stuff, but a lot of, you know, the ephemera too, the, you know, the, the toothbrushes and the, you know, school notebooks and things like that. And I had a few things for the commando and a few things for uh, Boba Fett and a few things for Akbar. Again, just stuff that I, you know, remembered really fondly from, you know, when I was, you know, nine, 10, 11, and that I just kind of kept going with. And uh, I don't know, there's a number of years ago, I finally said, you know what, I'm going to go after some of this, some of this stuff that I kind of neglected to go after um, years ago. And I know that, uh, I know Chris G when he put up that, uh, that scan of all his old toy shop stuff, I remember seeing some of those old toy shop, um, toy shop issues that were just in these stacks at a, a comic and card place that I went to. Really? Yeah. You know, it was like a, an ad. Yeah, no, they had, they, there was a place in Huntsville, Alabama called Jennings and, uh, uh, Jennings had an amazing amount of comic books and, you know, comic cards back when that was cool in like 1992 and 1993, but they had a ton of vintage Star Wars stuff. Um, I remember being just blown away by that as a kid, just really crazy stuff that now I wish I'd picked up, you know, a lot of like Jedi two packs and things like that. Um, but I remember they had a bunch of things, you know, like, like toy shop and stuff like that. And I, I have, you know, I have this, this moment where I was looking through some, and I already really liked the commando. And I, I saw that, that same ad that I ended up seeing years later, um, that Chris put up, or Chris Julius put up with, um, the ad for the auction for one of those mock-up rebel commando first shots on the 48 C card. And, um, I just said, you know what, I'm going to, go after one of these. I knew that there were a couple of them around. I certainly wish that I'd bought it at, you know, 1990, you know, four ninety five prices. Um, and I finally got that and just kind of decided to, to keep going with pretty much everything rebel commando. Like I said, I was always kind of into the, you know, the ephemera and, and just the different stuff. Uh, so pretty much anything that, had the rebel commando featured in a big or a small way I was, I was after in addition to the, um, any of the figure related stuff itself. Golly gee, I'm an industrious fellow. Uh, I've been going through, uh, Chris Jorgulius's toy shop scrapbook and I found the auction that Sward is making reference to. Uh, this comes from the July, 1993 toy shop. And you see in a picture a little grainy black and white image. It's a Lando, uh, the 48C, so it's with the Revenge of the Jedi offer, and it does have the Rebel Commando on there, and it is the very same figure that you see in uh, in Sword's collection. And if you're looking at this in the enhanced version or on YouTube, you'll see I switch back in front of them. Just for historical uh, uh, purposes, I will say that this was sold by a place called Pippin's Antiques, P.O. Box 122, wait for it, Clayfield, wait for it, Queensland, Australia. So I don't know how this ended up in Australia. Um, maybe some of the old dudes can tell me how that happened. Or I can just look further on in the listing. Uh, it says that all items come from a late 1980s Hong Kong warehouse find, which then raises a whole other question about how much stuff was actually found in warehouses in Hong Kong. This is the first I've ever heard of that. So maybe old dudes can help me with that. Um, so 
just I'll read the I'll read the auction because it's fun. Are these the first ever Jedi figures and first ever underlined mail bid auction item one pictured unpainted rebel commando figure colors are tan head olive body cream arms and legs on a 1982 final issue Kenner USA Empire Strikes Back Lando Calrissian card with a Revenge of the Jedi promotion packaged without weapon card shows very light creasing and shelf wear blisters age yellowed otherwise MOC minimum bid $300 so there you go um, so at some point between 1993 and 2018, it's gone from Australia to other places, and now it's somewhere outside of Fort Worth. All right, Chris. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, my my story is a little bit different. Uh, I mean, I've really only been focused collecting Rebel Commando for about two years now. Um, I've been collecting since I was a kid used to my dad was an antique dealer we used to go yard sailing all the time buy all the star wars stuff we could and as i got a little bit older in high school and stuff i used to trade in the beat up stuff to get the the mint condition stuff and i just did that for a long time and i never really got into carded stuff or just all production pieces and uh few years ago had a little bit extra money started figuring out what i wanted to you know really focus on because i i was just i kind of used to buy everything and uh decided rebel commando was where it was at and started picking up a few pieces i set a budget for myself and didn't really want to go above that per piece and got some good deals and then I started circling around on the Facebook groups and I noticed uh, that Mr. Botkins there, his name was plastered all over the place <laughs> on all the, on all of the, uh, the forums and, and stuff. And I, I saw his collection was really impressive and I kind of reached out to him and, and started picking his brain and asking his advice on, on certain pieces. And, you know, it was, it was through that connection that landed me a number of really nice foreign carded things at, at good prices. And, and then from there, I just kind of networked and, and got in touch with the with ward and, and we've been in contact over the last year or so. And just that, community building has really inspired me to just try to find really all the variations of the carded figures. And I haven't really gotten into pre-production too much. I only have one uh, transparency for Smart the uh, indoor forest ranger. <laughs> but uh, it's a little bit tough nowadays. Yeah. For the, the vintage the vintage uh, pre-production pieces, but maybe someday. But uh, what really fascinates me is just the amount of variations just on the Kenner stuff. Then you jump into Palatoy and, and uh, Tool Toys and Kenner Canada, Tri-Logo. It's, it's just fascinating. I, I'm totally hooked and my OCD wants every single variation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, well, no, and I don't. I don't. Sorry, Steve. I don't want to cut anybody off. No, no. Go uh, ahead. Um, you know, in Sky, you know, I know it was kind of tongue in cheek, you know, earlier about, you know, we all hate each other, but you know, work together and stuff like that. And but, you know, truthfully, you know, we we, I don't know that any of us really you know, don't get along or help each other or anything like that. Cause it's actually pretty, pretty fun, you know, cause for a while there it was seemed like it was just me on an Island and, <laughs> and, and it was, it's actually been really fun to, to, you know, have these guys around and, 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 and Ward, you know, he, he, you know, I get a kick out of every time he adds a new piece and, and same with, same with Letty and, and some of the other guys, you know, it's, it's, it's fun to, to see them add new stuff and to, you know, know that they, you know, work their tails off to get it. And, and it's just, you know, it is all about the kind of the community and helping each other out. I mean, you know, as you guys can attest to, you know, it, it's really, it, that's half the fun in, in all of this. And, and it's, it's, it's a, it's a great joy. I get a lot of satisfaction out of seeing these guys and that there was a character of the week post. And one of the groups was that the Jedi group. Which one was that? Do you guys remember? Yeah, it was, it was Jedi, in the Jedi. Yeah, group. he was on the Jedi group. Yeah, and it was just it was so awesome to see just how great these guys. I mean, they've they've worked so hard and gotten such cool stuff over the last couple of years, and it's just it's just satisfying, you know, to see that stuff kind of grow. Yeah, and I mean the the other theme of this episode, you guys don't know because you weren't on it, but the other episode theme is actually love. We're talking all about love this episode, um, and I, I does it is pretty clear that you guys get along with each other and that you in, sort of inspire each other, which is cool. And this this really is the coolest uh, thread, just to see the the three of your limelights here. That's kind of what I'm what I've been looking at, kind of going back and forth, um, and it's. If you just go by these three limelights, you get the impression that the Rebel Commando is the most collectible, most interesting figure that there's ever been. I mean, it is... That's, un- that's objectively true. <laughs> yes. I mean, <laughs> it is, obviously. <laughs> I, mean, it, I mean, Steve, no offense, right? But your, your character is technically as lame as theirs. But like, oh, it's a lot lamer. <laughs> you're just one guy, and these guys have three world class collections. Do you think, Steve, someone could just start collecting B Wing Pilot and and be as cool as S Ward or special? <laughs> that's a that's a tall order. I mean, there are other B Wing Pilot collectors, um, but no, like I, I think what I love about seeing like three of your guys' collections together is it, it to me it's like it's like a complete picture. Really, I mean, and but they're all unique, but together it's just it's the whole thing. I mean, I'm looking at this one picture um, from uh, from Letty's, and it's it's all these uh, coin offer variations, and yes, it's just funny you mentioned the 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 OCD, you know, wanting to have every single, and this like I can tell there is something special about each one of these, and I just never, I'd never seen so many coin offers in one little row before. It's just <laughs> awesome. Yeah, to to explain this yeah, to the big. yeah, go good. No, I was just gonna say, yeah, uh, a few of those are from Dawkins actual collection. So uh, he definitely helped me uh, straight up with the with a number of those. Yeah. So so to give you an idea, this is a row of uh, seven uh, Rebel Commandos. 
um, all offerless. No, not all offerless, but the seven commandos and all of them have the free coin offer. And it, it just looks like someone got drunk and just started slapping them on. I mean, one of them is completely sideways at the bottom. One is over the emperor offer. One of them is my favorite. Has It isn't there. It's clearly been cut out of the card. So someone cut out right. the coin offer, I guess, because it had, had fed on it or whatever. Um, a couple of them completely obscure the figure. Um, I, I know that I I once got a got a Anakin offer just because it completely obscured Chewbacca's face. There's something funny <laughs> that when you love a, a, an image so much, you end up looking for things that abuse it. You know. Um, <laughs> so yeah, this this speaks to a real passion for this character, and and is just um, it's what makes focus collecting great because. Of course, I could have talked to what's in the Botkins about the blueprint, but instead, <laughs> I'm actually a little bit more interested in all of these coin offers, which probably are all you know, thirty to, to you know, twenty to forty dollars a piece. Um, but um, yeah, that, that's. But you great. know, Skype, that it's kind of you know that there's so much out there, and it's kind of interesting, especially with Rebel Commando, because you wouldn't expect that he would have that many variants and, and right. Letty can kind of speak to that. I mean, there's just so much between foreign and in us. And then, you know, then you've got, you know, squirrely little, you know, offer stickers here and import stickers. And it just is amazing to me the the breadth that this character was issued on. Yeah, it, it really is everywhere. Um, I'm I'm just I'm kind of like I'm drowning in all these all these these pictures of green. You know, Steve, it, it is growing on me. It did it did happen. <laughs> See, I mean, that's the ultimate goal of every episode yes. is, that, is to get you to to love the figure by the end. So because I mean I mean special, you've got four tri logos. So like there's the the tri logo that doesn't have the three different logos. It just has three different languages of the ages and and no Kenner logo. And and you have four different of those. Are those actually different? Yeah, every single one of my everything in the picture is different. Every whether it be a small little variation on the back or uh, you know a bubble, a different kind of bubble. Um, I think one of one of the tri logos is uh, Makano tri logo. Okay, it's got the smaller bubbles, and uh, so and that was. I think the first one that Hawkins uh, pointed out to me and got just an insane deal on it. And then after the fact, you're like, I'm pretty sure that's from the con now. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, it's, I mean, it's just, it's cool. Uh, I mean, we're talking about uh, double stem bubbles. Um, you've got all the different palatoy variations. Uh, I mean, it's just silly. Uh, and then the big one for, I mean, at least for me and, and uh, Ward and, and our other buddy, Justin Rowland, is uh, the Molded Face Rebel Commando. And that's been a tricky one to find, carded. And, you know, we found a couple this past year. And I know it's, uh, it's definitely one that, sticks out for us that, you know, that we're looking after and, and uh, a big one that we just realized is another variation is a 65 a uh, molded face 
Kenner uh, made in China. And we think that that's the earliest variation of the figure. We're still trying to figure out details, but uh, that one is, I mean, one of the top ones that, that the few of us are looking for. Well, I see. I, 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 I love this minutia because it seems that each progressive generation finds something more interesting and like more detail to get in. You know, like I, I remember talking to super old old heads and they were just like, yeah, there's three kinds of variations. There's Star Wars, Empire and Jedi. And those are only three different kinds of card back variations. <laughs> um, and, and they mean it. They're not joking. Like that was legitimately. And then eventually they started saying, OK, well, offers or no offers. And then eventually, OK, well, the front is different or, you know, and then. Um, so a molded face means that the face is not painted. It's just the molded plastic. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Correct. See, and, and tell me, tell me the truth. What's in the Botkins as, as an older collector who probably doesn't put as much emphasis on that. Could you tell the difference between a molded face, uh, commando and a painted one? Oh, hands down. Yeah. It's, you could. Okay. Oh yeah. It's, it's actually quite striking when you see it. Um, especially when you see them side by side, it's almost like the, um, the you know the Luke Jedi. I think it's even probably uh, and more noticeable than that. Wow. Okay. Well, then maybe one of you could send me a, a picture of the side by side because uh, I'm I'm always interested in in trying to see those things more than I do. I feel like sometimes it's like the fourth dimension. I still can't figure out molded leg Han, Steve. <laughs> I've, I've been working on that for like twelve years. I, I pick up a Han Hoff. I'm like, here I. G- Oh no, nope, nope. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> the one that kills me is the white legs regular Han. That one, that one slays me. Yeah, I I don't even know. I don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what you're talking about. Do you? <laughs> so so let's 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 get in because we really could just just go forever. So let's just go, yeah. Steve. Can we just like look at just some more fun things and just kind of talk yeah. about them? So, so yeah. So what do you have in mind here, Sky? Well, I'm thinking about Sword, um, and okay. it seems that Sword has has a lot of cool, just random things that appears to be one of his uh, specialities. Um, and there's this. Okay, it has Chewbacca on it. That's why it interests me. Uh-huh. Um, but there's this magazine that says Star Wars Return of the Jedi, and it's 25p, which is British, uh, which means uh, 25 pence, which is their word for penny. Um, and uh, um, it, it's, it's, it's Chewie with Han getting ushered out of the bunker. And I've never seen this photograph before. And they've got a couple rebel commandos behind them in Leia. And then my favorite thing is, okay, so imagine imagine this bunker scene, and this is the, the caption. Hyperspace and the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> and, and so that juxtaposed with them, they look just confused. Like, wait, why does this say hyperspace and the Millennium Falcon? So I've never seen this before. What is this, Ward? So that's actually, uh, on, on top of being obviously terrible copy editing from whoever came up with that, um, that is actually one of the serialized uh, UK versions of the comic book. Ah. Um, the cover basically has nothing to do with uh, any of the actual content. But, um, you know, again, it's like, you know, I was saying earlier, there's so many things that do 
feature the Rebel Commando, some in a very tertiary way and some pretty prominently like that. And when I stumbled upon that one, uh, you know, I, of course, I thought the same thing. Like, I didn't really understand, like, why the caption was there and even the characters on the front looked as confused as I did. But, um, no, that image has appeared in, in, in a couple of things, but I had never seen it so, uh, I'd never seen it so prominently. And that's just, I don't know, it's one of the fun things about hunting down stuff for, you know, a quote unquote minor character. You just, you find yourself kind of going down the rabbit hole and then you end up with things within your focus that you didn't necessarily expect, but then you look at it as a whole and it's, uh, I don't know. It's a lot more satisfying to, to see that than just rows of figures. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, um, you know, to kind of pivot off of that, one of the one of the coolest things that I ever found for um, Rebel Commando that's kind of obscure was after seeing Jonathan McElwin's fantastic um, collection of food premiums and and packaging stuff from all around the world is he had a, uh, a decoder disc from a serial premium in Australia or New Zealand, one of the two. And, and it's like, it's like a, it's like a small little cardboard disc. I don't even know if it's two and a half, maybe three inches in diameter. And, and it has one of those, you know, those like lottery scratcher things. Um, and you scratch that off and match it with the, code that's on the cereal box and it mm-hmm. i don't know you win a prize or something like that but it that thing was i was just absolutely blown away that that even existed because i'd never heard of it before and then like after seeing jonathan's collection that was like one of my top things to ever find and lo and behold like a week later one popped up on facebook and it was it's just amazing that all the random weird stuff that's out there yeah, I mean, just so you guys know, if you ever want to want to experience that on a daily basis, try collecting something like Chewbacca. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it, it is exhausting. You're just like, oh, look, it's a Paraguayan yogurt mold strainer, and Chewbacca's on it. It's just, uh, yeah, but 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 you know, it's probably more special for you guys because it's because it's it's. Like you probably have the feeling that you could potentially get everything that has the Rebel Commando on it at some point, um, and when you have another character, you just there's just no way you can't. <laughs> this is really awesome. I actually just suggest this. I mean, just go to this, uh, go to the Return of the Jedi uh, collecting group and and look up uh, Rebel Commando and just go through all these pictures because there are just so yeah. many. Uh, so many amazing things. Like literally, I have to just say, okay, I don't want to talk about that because this can't go on forever. I don't want to talk about that because this could go on forever. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know, Steve. Should we even talk about the Endor Forest Ranger? I mean, I think so we gotta much... at least mention it once. I think it's awesome because all all three of you also focus on the Endor Forest Ranger. Is that correct? Yeah. Correct. <laughs> okay, and and that's just the cool thing about having a character like this. So. What's something that we don't know about the Endor Forest Ranger? Because I have never thought about it ever. I haven't thought about it for one second in my entire life. Okay, what's in the Botkins? What, what do we not know about the – what is it like trying to collect the, the Endor Forest Ranger? What's out there? What's interesting? Um, probably the coolest thing that I have with Endor Forest Ranger is a Trilogo box with a 49p special buy sticker but then it has a giant red sold by Woolworth sticker that went over the top of that 
Wow. That you must have British people just fawning over you to try to get that, huh? Yeah, that thing that thing popped up in the weirdest place. Like I can't I don't even think it was eBay and it was like I think they wanted like twelve bucks for it or something crazy like that. And <laughs> and it was it was like one of those like insta buys just because it's so gaudy. Yeah, right. That's awesome. Okay, what what's your favorite Endor uh, Ranger item uh, special? Uh, well, it's my latest purchase. It's uh, transparency. Um, I, I just think it's pretty cool. Pretty cool piece. I know the other guys have them too, but uh, I really like that. But I've also got uh, a French. Uh, a French boxed one, and I do, I do have a tri logo one, but not as cool as Bakken's. So. <laughs> and it's what? What is it? Is it like a wheel bike, or does it roll? Is that the idea? What does it do? I don't think I don't, anyone actually knows what it does. Yeah, that's, right. that's yeah, the thing. I don't even I don't even know which end is the top. <laughs> yeah, because like the, the guns the, just spin around and. Oh, does the I door see. open? Does the door open like up or does it go down? I I don't know. I and it, I think it opens. I think it opens up. But <laughs> again, that probably shows like how much attention we've actually paid to the actual feature. We're like, oh, this <laughs> well, thing looks great in a box. Yeah. And then it's got the same like gyroscope that the B wing has. Like so, the the main comp- cockpit stays upright while the guns spin around it and. I, it's, I don't know. It's one of the. It's it's a. It's an awesome mini rig that you. I think if it was actually in the movie, it would be more damaged than the speeder bikes because I really don't know how it would fly around. Yeah, especially in that environment, you just go like five feet and then hit a tree. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't. Yeah. Okay. So I, th- I think that was pretty well covered for the uh, Endor. Uh, Endor uh, Forest Rangers. I don't even know what it's called, Steve. I have so I have so little thought about this thing, but it's actually it's pretty cool. It's, uh, it's there, there's actually there's actually one little bit of, of worthless knowledge, um, actually related to that. In uh, so in Sam Sweet's original book, there's actually a lot of they're not amazingly huge pictures, but there's actually quite a bit of of coverage as uh, he kind of discusses the whole development of the mini rig thing, there's actually a lot of stuff um, about the development of that that's never actually appeared anywhere else. Like there's pictures of the, I think like the breadboard mock-up that was made and then some of the stuff for the, uh, the actual pattern that was made for it. So oh. um, and that's, and that's another, never, you know. that's never turned up. Not it, that I'm aware uh, of. Uh-uh. No, the photography some of it, if I recall, actually looks pretty contemporary to the period that Sansweet's book came out. But other than that, I mean, I've never seen any of it appear anywhere else. And unfortunately, now I don't. I don't believe it's ever turned up publicly. It'd be awesome if it did. Wow. That's in the concept of screen one, right? Yeah. Awesome. Well, then. Well, well, I don't know, Steve. You know, let's imagine. You know, we'll get the three of you guys on in about seventeen years when we when we do you know mini rig by mini rig episodes because we're we're eventually going to get through all the figures and then we're gonna be like, well, we talked about it before with the Rebel Commandos, um, but you know, let's let's at that point, uh, you know, young uh, young Stephen Ward will be fifty years old. It'll it'll, it'll be good. Um, 
<laughs> well, Steve, oh, I, I, I think we should maybe see if these guys know what the hell they're talking about. Can they stump the chump? Can they take down the world champion at the Market Watch game? Oh, boy. Can Here I we go. beat them on their home turf? Can I show up oh, to Endor man. and just mm. wipe them out? I mean, we're talking all of them because I think I can. <laughs> One dollar flicks. Market watch. So Steve, you, you it's a time. You're the only one who has this information, right? That's that's right. Okay. Um, so if you don't know this sword and uh, uh, what's in the Botkins and a special lady, Steve has a whole bunch of auction results from Rebel Commando items, and he is going to ask us to figure out if to take a guess on the price and whoever gets the closest uh, gets the point now the thing is we have to write it down we can't just oh make a guess based on people's guesses we have to write it down then we have to be honest and and the winner um, gets a charred rebel commando <laughs> Well, no, I think that, oh, that come on. that's no, no, that that that's that's gonna you know, we're gonna make sure that that goes to him. I say the winner gets um, maybe uh, maybe Jared could make a uh, could make a, a picture of our face in the Rebel Commando figure. What do you think? Think we could ask Jared to do that, Steve? <laughs> I think that's a that's a solid ask for for Jared. Yes, yes. and it, and it will say I am the king of the commandos. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and so you guys really want to oh, beat me. The good news is I'm terrible at this game. <laughs> okay, so Steve, right. we are we are now ready. Do you guys have a okay. piece of paper to write down your your guesses on? Yep, ready to go. All right. All right. So we've got five five items. All right. So okay. the first one is a uh, 65A carded figure, ungraded. Uh, it's unpunched. The bubble looks pretty clear. Uh, it's it's in quite nice shape for a for an ungraded figure. Um, I think that's about all you really need to know. <sighs> now I see. Now I want to know if it's got a molded face or not, and if it's made in China. <laughs> you see, these are the things I learn hanging around with the commandos. Yeah. Um. Oh. All right. Um, okay. I've, I'm just gonna. I'm gonna go. I got my little sheet here to okay. help me, so I'm just gonna go with what's. What do you got, Sky? Oh, go to me first. Um, yeah. well, well, obviously, I'm the world's greatest expert, so I am going to go with $81.22. All right. And uh, Botkins? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, 45 Okay. And uh, Sword? I'm going to go with $101 even. Okay. And uh, Special? 65 65. All right, that one sold for 135 US dollars. So that that goes to Sword. All right. Okay, one point to Texas. Okay, we got this. <laughs> all right. On to the next one. Um all right, so we've got a uh, 65B. This Ooh. one is graded by CAS. Um it was graded a Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. 85 um and oddly i don't know if this really factors into this or not but it claims to be something that was uh taken home directly by a kenner employee um so they're just 
stressing that it was never sold in an actual store. It comes from a, a Kenner employee's collection. Oh, so Take you, that with as you will. So it's you graded. <laughs> okay. Um, so it's a you graded <laughs> CAS yeah. item. <laughs> right. Um, so it's a 65B. So the next the next iteration. Now, before um, we go further on this, uh, what's the difference between a 65A and a 65B, Steve? <laughs> well, the the A has the uh, the secret Ewoks blacked out, and the B they are exposed. Is that right? I yep, think that is correct. I, yeah. I, okay. Some of those differences are like just the differences of, of the things. Like I didn't know if like there was two with the Ewoks. Yeah. Brushed out, and there's just like mm-hmm. one different uh, little animal. I'm just I'm I'm stalling, Steve, so I can come up with my answer. <laughs> what um, do you got, Scott? Does, come it on. Say, does it say the Kenner employee's name or no? No, no, I, I, that, that part of it, I'm, I'm kind of, eh, but okay. it, it is part of the auction, so. Uh, I'm going to go with 188.88. All right. In, in honor and, uh, of our 88th episode. Sounds good. Okay. Uh, Botkins? Uh, 230. Okay. And Sword? I'm going to go with 273. Okay. And Special? 200 even. 200 even that's the winner 200 even <laughs> exactly <laughs> really yeah all right man okay so we got that's all right two down two down three to go okay um we we, we can next. do this what's in the botkins we we got to do this for the <laughs> for the old farts i know you can you can tell how off we are on prices yes <laughs> um okay all right, so now we're going to do an AFA graded. This is a 77A, uh, grades 80. Um, the bubble, it looks pretty clear, except around the uh, the edge. It looks like it's starting to turn. Um, I think that's all about what you really need to know. AFA 80, 77A. Okay. Sky? I'm always going first here. <clears throat> I'm going $102.88. <laughs> And 88 cents, okay. Uh, Bakken's? 165. 165. All right. And Sward? I'm going to go with 189.51 cents. Okay. And and Special, what do you got? 155. You say 155? Yeah. Okay. Well... That's going to special one forty two fifty. Oh man, he's hey. close. <laughs> he man. is a special lady. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it, it is kind of crazy because I, I, I mean I, you know what I, I used to have quite a few commandos at one point too, and I, I never would have come close to any of these guesses. So don't, don't, uh, don't feel too bad. Okay. Um. All right. Um, all right, next. So we're moving away from carded figures. We're going to do a, a baggy. So this is a... Uh, oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Scott. <laughs> I like the stress that this, this really gives you. Um, all right, so we have a Kenner baggy. This is the um, the Hong Kong, uh, made oh. in Hong Kong version. Oh, Hong Kong. Okay, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I figured that would help. Yeah. Huge difference. <laughs> now, is it Hong Kong or made in Hong Kong? Which, which one? Made is? in Hong Kong. Oh, made in Hong Kong. <laughs> Yeah, okay, yeah. make sure you have that 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 detail. Made in Hong Kong. All right, so is that the is that the ESB H element OP? <laughs> yeah, is it is it is it tape sealed or heat sealed, Steve? Just gonna, okay, I have no idea. Um, anyway, what do you got, Sky? 
Well, everyone knows that this is an extremely rare baggie because I don't mm-hmm. remember seeing one in these pictures. So I am going to go uh, $2,000. <laughs> okay. 2000 And 88 cents. Okay, and 88 cents for good yeah. measure. Um, all right, Balkans, what do you got? I'm going to go with uh, 35. Okay. Okay. Man, we got, we got a range going 35,000? <laughs> <laughs> yep. No. It's that rare. Uh, all right, uh, Sword, what do you what do you got? I'm going to go with 68 bucks. 68? Okay. That's good for me here. <laughs> and uh, special. Uh, I'm going to say mm, 115 115 Okay. Yeah. So $78 was the final price. So that one goes back to, to Sword. We got a, a, a two-way tie here going into the oh, final. <laughs> so just so you guys know, never ask me for pricing advice ever again. Yes. You know what? Actually, I, this this is a teachable moment, what's in the Botkins. Do you know why? Because... You know, you and I, we have a reputation, and and you too, Steve, as being like older collectors who've been collecting for a long time. And we are totally open to sharing any information that we have with anybody. But the first thing people want to know is what is it worth? You know, what should I spend? And we are the last people to ask because we haven't bought these things in a decade. So, like, it's I hate it because people ask me, like, Sky, how much should I spend uh, on a revenge uh, Chewbacca proof, and I'm like, well, I remember when they were going for 150. They probably go for more than 150. Probably double that, 300 bucks. And you know, you, <laughs> you know, do you like, remember? Yeah, Brian's toys used to have them for like 50 bucks. I do. Yeah, yeah. That was that. Anyways, so that's uh, that is a really good lesson here, which is if yeah. you want to know what something costs, find somebody who's like been collecting the the character for like. The sweet spot, I would say, is like between two and five years because um, yeah, they're the most yeah. up on the actual prices um, as opposed right. to – I mean I'm ahead on the prices. I'm telling you. You watch. It's going to hit 2000 any time. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, I, I, actually, quick, quick – maybe another quick teaching moment. I'm just curious because uh, one of the very first proof cards I ever bought was a Rebel Commando. I think it might have been the very first proof card I bought and it must have been like – maybe 2004, 2005. And I think I paid like $75. And if someone asked me, what would that, if I wanted to get a a proof card now, I mean, do you guys have any idea? Like what, what is, it's just insane to me. I I can't even, it's just nuts. Like I I remember paying 75 bucks and it was a stretch for me at the time. Like, all right, this is, this is going to be cool. And it's just insane to me now. Um, So what, what what do you think Sword? What, what would a uh, return of the Jedi, uh, uh, proof rebel commando go for I, I mean i think that i saw one at some point maybe like last year someone was offering up for maybe between like it was between like 1300 and 1800 bucks i can't tell you oh, exactly man. but still yeah. i mean that 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 that's a disparity between you know the 75 dollar commando proof that i you know <laughs> i kill for now oh my god that's insane yeah uh, it's it God. Is. All right. Okay. Well, I, I've good. Right. I've good news for you. What's in the Botkins? Um, so it's currently, you know, there's a couple ties. Okay. So there's a tie for first place and there's a tie for last place. <laughs> there's something that happens in this game whenever I'm not winning, and that is what's called 
<laughs> next one takes it, okay? Last one is for all the marbles, okay? The next one's worth five points. <laughs> Somehow this, I don't know, it seems like a pretty pretty regular <laughs> occurrence. Um, all right, okay. so um, on to your favorite, Sky, the thing you know so much about, the Endor Forest Ranger. EFR, um, <laughs> baby. Yeah. All right. So this is a uh, a boxed, a nice boxed Endor Forest Ranger, just the the standard U.S. Kenner. Um, I don't think it's sealed, but I think it's it's pretty much all complete and all there together. Um, and it looks pretty nice. Uh, the condition is pretty good. It's got a couple price stickers on it, but other than that, it looks pretty good. Is it sealed? So I don't think it's sealed. No. Okay. All right. Um, I just have, to have all the inbox stuff. Uh, that's a good question. I'm assuming it does. Um, the the pictures do not indicate, but I would just let's just say it does. Okay. All right, Sky. What do you got? Good. Uh, first of all, of course, I'm I'm kidding. Sword and special. This is between you guys. Um, but <laughs> but I I will say that um. So we'll have to do a the tiebreaker will be whichever one of you gets closest. If Chris or I gets it, um. But this is also for Chris and I. This is who's the better old guy. Um, and of course, one of the rebel commandos is that old dude with the white beard. So we'll have to figure out which one of us gets to be that guy. So Jared, you can work on us with a cool white beard. Um, so the indoor forest ranger. I mean, obviously, this is a highly sought after thing, but it's fairly rare, and no one cares about it. Um, and they're very plentiful. So I'm going to say, uh. Hundred and eighty-eight dollars and eighty-eight cents. Okay. The same thing I said uh, that the CAS one would cost. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay. Uh, all right, Botkins. And you said it's it's just a regular Kenner one, right? There's yeah. no grade or anything like that. No, just the regular Kenner uh, mint in box, ungraded. Uh, assume it's complete but not sealed. Hey, I'm gonna go sixty-five. 65. All right. Uh, Sword, what do you got? I'm going to go big on this one. I'm going to guess like 130 bucks. 130? Okay. Yep. And finally, special? I was going to say 150. What was it? 150. 150? Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, it went for one twelve forty nine, so that goes to Sword. Oh, awesome! Unbelievable! Big winner! Big winner! Yes, big winner! I was hoping I'd be the proud owner of five new Kivecast points one day. <laughs> oh yeah! Have, yeah, I guess. Uh, how many Kivecast points should we give him? I guess we can give him three for that. That's pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty good venture. <laughs> let's not even get into the system. Box? Yeah, I, I, let's just not even get into that. You know what? You actually get an work. extra. You get an extra ten Kivecast points for reminding me that that was a thing at one point. Oh my God! <laughs> lucky, lucky, lucky! Thirteen. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. The, the 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 thing is, is that um, you know that whole thing like he's forgotten more than you've ever known. Um, that is definitely true about this show. That I have forgotten more than I have ever known about this show. <laughs> um, so, wow, that's uh, awesome. Well, thanks, uh, thanks again to to Brisbane. Brisbane, he's yes. back. 
Um, it's been a little while, so I'm, he did this, of course, last minute, like like always. So thanks again, Mike, for for the Wait, awesome now, work. Wait, now on the Forest Ranger, who was closer, me or uh, what's in the oh, Watkins? that's a good question. Um, let's see. So it was one twelve. I guess that would put. Uh, God, that's close, isn't it? I'm really bad at math when it gets close like this. Uh, what did you have? You had one eighty eight, and no, and I had eighty eight. Oh, wait. I, I thought, thought you said, said it was one eighty eight. Yeah. Sky. <laughs> what I said. <laughs> okay, fine. Uh, All right, yeah. fine. I don't deserve to win, anyways. I'm not. I'm not the awesome. Uh, I'm not the awesome. Uh, the. I'm. I'm not. I'm not awesome. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whoo! Uh, I got to get the kids up tomorrow at six a.m. So. Uh, oh um, man. So then the 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 question is do. Do we do lightning rounds on on five when we have this many people, Steve? Um, I don't know if we ever have. That's a good. That's a good question. My my memory is pretty uh pretty let's faint on that. But let, yeah. let's do how about it. you blaze? Let's blaze a new trail. Yes. Yeah. Let, let's do it. But let's do it. I I have a little twist on it. So so this will okay. be fun. Okay. So um, what's your favorite bad line from a Star Wars movie? If you don't have one, you don't need to say it. Okay. Uh, what's in the Botkins? <laughs> oh, um, okay, you don't have one. Uh, special. <laughs> okay, you don't uh, have someone one. Someone who loves you. Okay, someone who loves you. Oh, man. Oh, snap. <laughs> Steve is going to kick your ass. That's Steve's favorite line in the whole series. Wow, someone who loves you. Okay. I'm sorry, Steven. <laughs> I think Sky's putting a little too much, uh, too much weight on that. <laughs> you just technically insulted his mother. I mean, that's kind of what you did. Um, <laughs> I know what I was going for, but okay, you got me on that. All right, now uh, S Ward, what's your favorite bad line from a Star Wars movie? That around the survivors, a perimeter create. Oh, yeah. I've been thinking that's... about that for years since the first time I ever heard you guys <laughs> ask that question. That, that is yeah. that shows what it's. That shows just what a solid tactician Yoda was. Yeah. Yes. If I if it wasn't the the yeah from the emperor, that would be mine for sure. Um, that is just ridiculous. So bad. Um, I think we should give what's in the Bakken's another chance here. Do you do you have one, Chris? You know, there's. I think probably my my favorite one would be um, the the new Darth Vader's no. <laughs> oh, <God>. Okay. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was my second one. Uh, no. <laughs> no, 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 knock it off. Okay, the next question, Steve. I'm going to act like I actually have all these memorized. Um, yeah, yeah. If uh, if there was a gigantic flaming ball that uh, hit um, a comet that broke into pieces and and hit uh, Exeter, <laughs> New Hampshire, Fort Worth, um, uh, Texas, and uh, Cheyenne, Wyoming. Um, first of all, after uh, after the carnage subsided and all the chuds went away and you could only grab one piece from your burning embers of your house uh, what would be the one piece that you'd grab from your collection let's start ooh, let's start with the grand winner s ward uh i would i would have to go with the uh i'd have to go with the first shot mock-up i i love that thing way too much uh and i i wanted one of those for way too long to you know let that go by the way of the looters and whatever else 
rained down after the giant fireball. Okay, so that that is a uh, first shot Rebel Commando, and that's on a different card back. Is that right? It is. It's on a it's on a Lando uh, Empire forty eight back card back, and they were used uh, basically. They were. It's a first shot figure, and uh, the the bubble itself was really put on there for essentially just testing out how the bubbles and trays would work um, with the new Jedi stuff. Wow. Okay. Uh, now that's uh, that's that's a good one. How about you, uh, special lady, Mister Second Place in uh, in the in the in the contest? Uh, man, uh, probably my uh, childhood uh, replacement Rebel Commando, and uh, maybe one of those embers would uh, fall on it and recreate my original one. Hey, that's that's a good call. Well, you know, we're all going to be sending you a, a burnt up Commando for your birthday in November. Um, and oh, also, it's your job to remind us in case we forget. So you send us something about a month uh, ahead yeah. of time, and we will do it. <laughs> I will forget. There's no way I, I'm not going to forget, but we will do it. Um, okay. And then, uh, what's in the Botkins? What what would be the one item you'd grab? You know, I think at this point, um, it would have to be the uh, the hard copy head. That's such a, a special piece to me, mostly because. My girlfriend at the time is now my wife. Um, actually, purchased that for me as a as a gift, and it, it's pretty much priceless at this point. So, I think if there was one thing that I would grab, it would be that just because of the symbolism it has. Isn't it? It's tattooed on your arm too, isn't it? Chest. Yeah, it's on my chest. <laughs> oh, chest. Okay, I remember you getting the yeah. tattoo. I can remember where? That's awesome. Okay, so like if I offered you three hundred. Like like three hundred like right now I could PayPal have it PayPal ready is is it is it good okay yeah sold now here's the thing guys after the comet so the comet basically broke apart like several thousand miles over the United States and then just hit the three of your guys houses and then the rest of the world got broken down society broke down so you can go and steal one piece from either. Ladies' collection or Sword's collection. What is the one piece you would steal, Sword? Ah, uh, man, that's uh. You have, to fight, you have to fight through the zombies, and you have to steal a piece, or else everybody in the world is going to die. <laughs> oh, well, that's 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 an easy one. Then. Um, I would absolutely steal um Botkin's uh proto molded uh rebel commando because that's that's one that's kind of high on the list of things that i'd love to see and uh in my own cabinet even if that cabinet was you know like you said looted and burned it would still look pretty good <laughs> well you you would now have two items you know what i mean so that's this is true good. i'd have arguably the best commando run in existence at that point. <laughs> depending on how the next two people answer that that could oh, be true oh man um <laughs> Okay, so special. What one item would you take? Well, I think we'd be fighting over the same item. <laughs> fighting over the proto mold. Uh, yeah, no, uh, yeah, painted one probably. I'll go for the painted one. You can go for the uh, non-painted one. Okay. Ah. Oh, look at you guys sharing. <laughs> um, and uh, and what about what about you? What's in the Botkins? Um, does it have to be Rebel Commando? Uh, 
so you can steal anything you want. I will give you a chance to say something else you would steal from their collection, but I'll probably shoot it down. What is it? Um, it's it's Ward's uh, Jar Jar Binks uh, that he found underneath the school that he was doing construction on. <laughs> ah, that's yeah, not but... a Jar Jar Binks. That's a Captain Tarples. We've already discussed this. <laughs> so you don't get it. I get the Tarples, okay? Am I wrong, Steve? I don't know, but... Am I wrong, Sword? It, it, it was it's going back to your your theme of of meta on the podcast, since that was my first appearance on the podcast, and you, that was just the most the most vexing, odd thing that you did allow into the unloved item. Yes. I'm going to say we're going to have to give this one to Botkins. Plus, honestly, dude, if Botkins is going to take any of my stuff, I would be way happier with him taking that than all stuff. All right, it's either, it's either that or one of the bearded figures because those are those are pretty rad. All right, we're, we're, we're going to let it stand. We're going to let it stand. All right, I, I think we're doing pretty well here. Um, so that was obviously in place of a grail. Um, and, then, and then finally, if you were a, vin- an, a vintage Star Wars item, and you don't have to be a Rebel Commando, you could be, but if you were a vintage Star Wars item, which one would you be? Uh, I guess we'll keep it the same order. We'll start with the sword. Uh, you know, I, I think I would be one of the, uh, I'd be one of the Return of the Jedi storybooks that has a little 33 and a third record with it because, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's useful, it's utilitarian, um, you know, and you actually get, I don't know, you, you get something, uh, you get something just a little bit, a little bit, uh, kind of off off the beaten path you get a book you get a record and and i just kind of think that's you know um i i I think that's a decent decent representation uh decent representation of me i'm you know pretty utilitarian i'd like to think i was somewhat useful for for something and maybe just you know breaking the mold just just a little bit not just some standard off the box item it's just one one thing there's just a little more to it awesome all right, well, then we know what to get you for your birthday. Um, special, how about you? If you were a vintage Star Wars item, which one would you be and why? Okay, this is a little bit off off the uh, cuff here. Uh, okay, but you I cannot thinking, say I'm, a storybook because that's already been taken. Okay. <laughs> shoot. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I, I'm going to be the, uh, the Return of the Jedi Scout Walker Command Tower with the speeder bike. And this is why. <laughs> Because I used to be quote unquote sturdy and fun, but uh, as I'm getting older, as if I was sitting outside for like 35 years or so, I'm starting to fall apart and uh, pretty grumpy now. So okay, that's uh, <laughs> that's awesome. So, so we're talking about the swing thing, the 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 tower yep. that you would make and put in your backyard, and you'd be a swing. That would be you. Okay, we're yep. not getting you one of those for for your birthday. They're they're really expensive to ship. Um, besides, that's you're, why you're, I tried to work. Yep. You're already getting the the, 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 the charred uh, the charred commandos. Okay, what's in the Botkins besides Gwyneth Paltrow's severed head? What would you be? Um, I want to be a a Bantha track. The okay. old magazine, the Bantha Tracks, because those were so fun to look at, you know, going back and, and seeing um, the cool stuff that was coming up in the fan club and things like that back in the day. So I would want to be a, 
a vintage Bantha track. And are, do you do you have a collection of the Bantha tracks? <laughs> no, I just think they're fun. Okay. Well, then good. <laughs> then next time you're at a celebration and uh, you see what's in the Botkins and you say, oh, I liked your appearance on the show and were you really okay with getting such a lame nickname? And you're like, yeah, kind of. Uh, I don't know. Then you know, walk up and, and give him a, a Bantha tracks. Um, so awesome. Listen, guys. This has been such an amazing episode. We're not even going to get to the unloved item of the Presto Magic box set. Um, <laughs> it, it breaks my heart, but uh, I need to go to bed and I need to micturate. Uh, and I need to do one of those more than the other. Um, so <laughs> this has been an absolutely awesome roundtable. Steve, I think it went well, don't you? Yeah, this, is, this has been a, an awesome time. Thank you guys um, so much. And thanks for your, your patience, too. I mean, it's just funny, like... <laughs> Chris Botkins, I remember thinking, yeah, like years ago, like, oh, yeah, we're going to have a Rebel Commando episode someday, and, and here it is, and then I've been talking to, to Sword and, and uh, Special, like, within the last, I feel like, six months, like, oh, yeah, we're eventually going to get to a Rebel Commando episode, and <laughs> yeah. it's finally here, so um, really glad it worked out. Well, so. we're, we're, we're getting back on track, and it's a great character, and the last one that we did this that was this dedicated to one figure, I think, was Chewbacca. And and this is better than the Chewbacca episode because Chewbacca episode is just me prattling on about 17th century philosophy. So <laughs> this is uh, this, this is uh, this is great. So um, yeah, well we'll. Hey, and yeah. you know before we before we sign off, I just want to say that uh, you know again you know can't say enough about the community and and I know um, you know I, I don't know if you guys are doing anything, but uh, you know we lost a fantastic member of the community just recently yeah. and. Um, so I, w- I would like to at least maybe take a shout out to, to Bob and, and all the, his wonderful things that he has done for the community and, and everything else. So, yeah, yeah, we, we've, Absolutely. we've mentioned it, but it's, it's hard to, um, I mean, especially, especially when we're in the sort of Jedi er- era an area and like focus collecting we think about what is a, what is a focus collector what is a jedi era collector what is a, a a kind good person who makes our community a better place i mean that was that was bob um so the good news is that's you guys too i mean the three of you guys seem to be really great and uh so the best thing we can do to honor bob's memory is continue being awesome or in my case start being less of a dick to everybody. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I would, I would, I would second what, what Bakken said. I mean, the, the community aspect of this stuff is, is so great. And that's, uh, you know, uh, I, 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 I can't stress enough how much, you know, I, I appreciate and, and respect that, that element of, of what we do, you know, I, you know, I've reached, you know, I've reached out to Chris about stuff and he's been, uh, you know, just nothing but absolutely helpful. And, 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 uh, you know, especially after, you know, me collecting stuff and, and learning about this stuff for, for so long and, you know, kind of lurking on, on rebel scum and never, never actually, you know, signing up. Uh, it, it's, it's funny to like look back on all that and look at it now and, and see, I think now more than ever, like that whole sense of community and, uh, you know, camaraderie, whether it's people who have focused collections that are, that are the same or, or that are different. Um, I mean, the hobby is so much better because I think we have so many ways to come together and and communicate and 
make things happen when it comes to just, you know, becoming friends with folks or, or getting pieces you've been, you've been after. I mean, there's just, there's not enough good that can be, can be said, uh, can be said about that. Yeah, that's true. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. The, uh, the community aspect of this, uh, has been awesome. Love networking with everybody to support, uh, it's really it's really nice to see that, and uh, you know you feel like you're a part of something, and um, it's just great. You know, Steve and I have been on the fence about whether or not to call this episode "Commando Love," but we <laughs> we have to call it "Commando Love" because that, that's what it's about. <laughs> uh, you know, we could do a stupid joke about going commando, but we're not going to. Uh, it's about love, and it's about commando. Um, and and you know what, Steve, I'm I'm going to put in the unloved drop right here. <laughs> okay. Just because if it's about love, we have to talk about what's unloved super quickly, Steve. What is yeah. the Battle on Endor Presto Magic set? Because I've got to rock a piss so bad, it is ridiculous. But I, I, I right, wanna... This is going to be the, the quickest wanna... ever. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, we I think one of the earliest unloves we ever did was Presto Magic sets for Empire. And uh, finding Commando stuff... I, I mean, it's it's tough. You guys all know this, and um, I just happened upon a, a box set on the archive um, for like the Andor battle, and there are quite a few Rebel commandos depicted in this thing, and a lot of them just look kind of funky. And uh, and one in particular that I noticed when I really looked closely is this one guy looks like a Ghostbuster. I mean, he's got this purple flame <laughs> shooting out of his blaster, which is <laughs> unlike anything else in the entire image. And I was just wondering if. If any of you guys ever, if you ever picked one of these up, and if, if you ever happen to notice that, I just love the fact that this guy has like a purple flamethrower on Endor, and he just seems to be firing at nothing. Well, I, I just uh, there's a there's a guy in in the UK um, that uh, he he kind of collects a lot of these unloved things and the, a lot of the oddball stuff, and and he's really into Presto Magic and. Uh, I think in the UK they're called magic transfer. Maybe I don't know. He's probably gonna yeah. butcher me. Um, <laughs> but actually, there's there's quite a few foreign ones, and they're they're really not easy to track down. And I've I've been tempted several times to go after them. And actually, I think I might. But it's just one of those things that you know you get distracted with other stuff. But yeah, I would love I would love to snag some of these because they're just they're fun. Okay, so now, Steve, I'm going to do a market watch on you. There's a new <laughs> listing, sealed, uh, Return of the Jedi, Presto Magic's Battle and Endor oh. transfer set. Oh, boy. What do you think it is be- It is uh, um, on offer for? Oh, jeez. Uh, let's, let's go. <laughs> I want to go with uh, 8888. Nope. $35. No. Oh, Hey, that's that's pretty good. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, it's uh, it's the, my problem. With Presto Magics is it would be impossible for me not to take them out and play with them. I mean, I just love playing with these things so much. It is so exciting and it's such a great toy. And yes, yeah. Steve, you're absolutely correct. It does look like the Rebel Commando has a proton pack, which means we also need to make a Ghostbusters custom because 
Is this not the most backpack having character in the whole vintage line? It could be. That's the kind of thing I'd talk about for 45 minutes, but I just can't because my back teeth are floating and I love everybody. I love the world and I love Star Wars. I love San Dimas. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having us. All right. Bye, special. Bye, S Word. Bye, what's in the box. See you guys. Alors du ciel et de la terre, il me faudra faire mon deuil. Est-il encore debout le chêne ou le sapin de mon cercueil Est-il encore debout le chêne ou le sapin de mon cercueil I thought that was just going to be it. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm back. I, I just uh, I figured we'd do our outro. Oh. Yeah. I'm glad I kind of instinctually came back into the little office to see, and sure enough, the call was coming. Oh, yeah. Yeah, all right. Wait, is it just you? Everyone else is gone, right? Yeah, yeah. it's just me. Well, that was awesome, man. Those guys are great. I am recording, but those, yeah. those guys are awesome. Okay. I, I yeah. do think there's something to be said for, like, certain characters maybe attract certain kinds of people or certain kinds of characters attract certain kinds of people um <laughs> and whatever it is that the rebel commandos got going is pretty good at attracting pretty pretty decent pretty decent collectors yeah um, and it's funny we never got into the craft beer discussion that's how that's how great the rebel commando is oh my god they're all into craft beers that's right oh man yeah. it, it's just if uh if i didn't have to get up tomorrow at 6 a.m uh I'd, <laughs> I'd be all over it um, yeah but yeah, no, we should, uh, you know what we'll do? Next time we're at Celebration, we'll get all of them together and, and we'll, uh, we'll talk about the commando and we'll, we'll talk about the beer and we'll record a little thing about it because I, I think that could be I fun. That, I think that sounds like a good idea. Yep. Yeah. Um, I don't know about any feedback, but I will say this. Hey, could you guys all subscribe to our YouTube channel? Even if you don't watch our videos, um, it's just it happens to be that that's the kind of thing that I can say that impresses people. Um, so just just sign up just uh, you know it's cool you know we put stuff on there that's fun and uh, yeah it's not just the not always just the episodes too. yeah it's there's, not always there's just other... the episodes and, and I think we're going to be putting more stuff on there from the archive as well um, we're going to try and get Tommy on here soon because Tommy's doing all sorts of crazy stuff with the archive that's amazing um, yeah and uh, and he often does the, does the updates to uh, video stuff um, next month it's you again, Steve. Weekway. Weekway. Yeah. Man, that is that is not inspiring. <laughs> it's like, hey, did you... I'm gonna I'm gonna change your mind. Hey, uh, so did, gonna, did you know you used my... to be called Skiffguard? Yep. Okay, how much more do we have left to record? <laughs> oh. oh, come on now. Okay. Have a little faith. Have a little faith in the in the in the concept right. here. Well, I do like the guy from Clone Wars. So that's good. Anyways, I gotta go to bed, Steve. This has been a all great right. episode. Um, yeah, it's been fun. I, I don't think we need to do any more mushy stuff. It's all it's all very good. And uh, yeah. Wampa Wampa. Adios. Sans rancune, j'aurai plus jamais mal aux dents. Me voilà dans la fosse commune, la fosse commune du temps. 
Me voilà dans la fosse commune, la fosse commune du temps. 